Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Valverde. Sound good to not have to say week one or show 240, episode one of the 2016 regular season. Feels, it feels real good. We moved this, shit, we moved this thing only to shows, so we're not worrying about episodes anymore. It's too confusing. It's real now. It's real. We've been with you guys all off season since the Super Bowl uh, and the Denver Broncos were crowned. And we've had a great summer giving you guys strategy, giving you guys information, talking about the draft, talking about trades, free agency, all that good stuff. But now the season's back on, and we've got to stick to the game plan, and the game plan on a weekly basis is going through the matchup. 16 games each week, or most weeks, at least this week. Uh, And we talk about all 32 teams, and as you know, if you've listened to us for a while, we are blowhards. We talk about a lot of players. No fantasy football podcast out there talks about more players, more information delivers, more knowledge, and more fantasy goo than us at the Pyro Podcast Heavy. And as usual, to my left, I've got Houdini. Across the way, I've got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and damn dude, we got, in less than two days, the kickoff happens, and it's a repeat of the Super Bowl from last, uh, early February, I suppose, and it uh, should be a great game, and uh, who's not excited for that? Who's not going to be out watching that game, either at a bar or on their own couch? Just, well, yes, yes! I'm excited for the game. 
But at the same time, I'm not excited for some of my, my players that I have uh, uh, for fa their fantasy prospects in this game. Uh, for one, in one of my leagues, I, I do have Jonathan Stewart, and so I'm really uh, not too enthralled with this matchup for him in week one. Uh, so I'm tempering my expectations there, and I think uh, as we discuss this matchup, I think tempering expectations with a lot of these players may be a good move. I agree. Well, what we do uh, week to week is we go off NFL.com, then in their main navigation they have uh, schedule, and then we go to regular season games. This is week one of the 2016, so then we go top down from there. Thursday, September 8th, we've got the Carolina Panthers are at the recently renamed uh, Sports Authority went out of business. Dicks dropped their dicks on that franchise, and there's no more Sports Authority. So uh, never like that. Uh, but what's the team? What's it? What's it called now? Got me. Does anyone even know? <laughs> it's got me. It's got me better than what we what the Sox uh, new stadium is. But anyway, that's why I don't think you should have these uh, franchises and these brands be the names for all these companies. It's still Sports Authority Field for now. Is it? I mean, they're going to get some long time naming rights until the deal's up, I guess. But uh, you know, let's see. This is a good matchup for defenses. Besides that. You're looking at Cam Newton, who had a bit of a struggle against this team last year. You're looking at Jonathan Stewart, who was underwhelming in the Super Bowl matchup, despite you know putting together you know a pretty good regular season last season. He did score a touchdown in that game, but he averaged just like two and a half yards a carry. Um, so it was not smooth sailing. We already know how dominant the corners for this team could be, uh, and pretty much everybody still returns on that defense uh, in the defensive backfield. We'll see you know, if Von Miller can keep his hot sort of playoff run going, and if that happens, that's scary for Cam Newton. Um, besides that, looking at the wide receivers for Carolina, Big news today is, you know, Ron Rivera coming out and saying that we don't really want Kelvin Benjamin to play as many snaps as he did in his rookie year. I think in his rookie year he played the 15th most snaps at the wide receiver position, so they want to bring him down a little bit. Um, he'll still probably get those prime red zone opportunities that pretty much are his entire value. But if you were worried about his sort of conditioning and playing before, you're even more concerned now, especially when he's aiming for 30 to 35 snaps on this opening you know, Thursday night. Well, what I'll say is there is a lot, a lot of ego on the Carolina side of the ball. Remember how much fun they were having, how much dabbing they were doing, how many post-game uh, dances, and, 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 and they were just having the time of their lives all regular season last year only to just literally have the worst time of their lives uh, in that Super Bowl. So there is a lot on the line for the Panthers to really kind of break out and show the world that, hey, we lost the Super Bowl to this team last year. It hurt us. It stung us. We're pretty much the same exact team uh, with some additional pieces back in the mix, and we're ready to kind of come out guns flaring. And, and for fantasy, uh, it needs to happen because Cam Newton – it hasn't looked great over in the in the preseason. He played. Remember, we talked about it on the show last week. He played into the fourth quarter, I think, or the end of the third quarter in their last preseason game. Um, preseason week three. Week three. Week three. Not but now week four. And 
That doesn't happen. The MVP does not play that long. Uh, and we'll talk, same thing kind of happened with Brady. But there's a reason there. Uh, he's gone for a little while. He had to get freshened up. So Cam not, not looking uh, like the Cam that ended, uh, that played last season. So what are your expectations? Um, you know, talk whatever you want. But I, I, I'm not expecting a lot from Cam in this one. I mean, I know that they've been thinking about Denver ever since they lost to him in the Super Bowl and this being that this was going to be the game, they've been preparing and all that. I think it's going to be a much closer game than the Super Bowl, and I think a lot of that is, is also part and parcel to, I don't know exactly how smooth this Denver offense is going to look under Trevor Simeon, and this is a tough matchup for him going against the Carolina defense. So, you know, as Stag said at the beginning, this is really a, a story about defenses. So when I look for Cam, though, um, he's going to have to run a lot. I know that they don't want to expose him too much, so... This is a game where I'm, if I had a better option, I would really kind of consider it instead of playing Cam Newton, especially that it's not even that it's on the road, but also when you're at mile high and the altitude you got to take into effect as well. Yeah, um, awful sort of in that last game. 18 of 41, you know, threw an interception, had that fumble that he didn't go after, and he sort of just needs to repair his own sort of image after not going out there and diving for that ball. That's all anybody ever talked about for the you know couple weeks after the game. Um, it was atrocious. I mean, let's be honest. And he, he even explained it. He even said, oh, "I didn't want to get hurt." Like if you if you say that after making that puss bag of a play, and then you actually come out and be like, "I'm a total puss." No, it's not going to sit well with your anybody, your teammates, anybody watching most watch sporting events, or one of them most every year, seeing that live and. Uh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of repairing to do. Uh, walking out and being a sulking little brat after in the post game. Um, again, I love Cam. I do not think he's a bad guy at all. I know he's I know he's ready for prime to do great things. But it's going to be a tougher season for him. He kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, not, you know, not out of nowhere, but the expectations weren't. He wasn't one of the greatest players in the league, and it's going into 2016. He's one of the faces of the NFL right now. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the rest of the matchups, you know, I don't really want to start Benjamin. I don't really want to start Ted Ginn. Don't, you know, I'm not looking for Funches to break out. You know, all three of these corners are very good. If you're looking for the upside play, it's sort of Greg Olson uh, against this Denver team that can give it up a little bit to tight ends. Uh, outside of that, let's flip over to the other side. Uh, C.J. Anderson, you know, he had probably one of the better games of the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, you know, loop loose-lipped and short-armed, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was just handing it off. And then the rest of the receivers, you know, Josh Norman, feud with Demarius Thomas, and then the ring sort of Instagram post or Facebook post, whatever it may have been. Well, He's not there anymore. Yeah, I mean, are you, I, I'm not expecting a lot out of C.J. Anderson in this one. This is, uh, again, I, I, don't, I don't see him. I see the Carolina defense coming ready to play this game. Um, you know, I worry. I think the Denver's probably still going to win the game, just just because I don't think Carolina's going to be able to muster enough offense, which is why I'm agreeing with you. I stay away from pretty much everybody on Carolina this week. Um, for Denver, it's uh, I, I just don't. I don't. I think it's going to have to. It's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be one of those ones where maybe Trevor Sidney maybe throws for maybe 180 to 200 yards. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a sloggy type of a game. He may have to. It may end up being on Trevor Sidney's legs that this thing uh, ends up moving. The way that I see it. 
Oh, traversing his legs, that's not exciting at all. No. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson, you know, they released Ronnie Hillman, so he's not there to pilfer carries. They don't expect Devonta Booker to get a lot of carries early in the season. They're more expecting him to be the long, season-long play, you know what they do, bring along rookies nice and slow. Uh, at receivers, I mean, these guys, they're going up against corners that are, you know, rookies. Like, uh, we're looking at... Uh, Oh man, it's so like uh, Daryl Worley and James Bradbury and Ben Ben Rookery, who was injured, you know, in that suit late in the season, uh, didn't even play in that Super Bowl. So they're looking at you know a cast of corners that we have no idea how they're going to match up with. But you know, can you start Demarius Thomas with confidence? No, I think he's more of a wide receiver three flex play. Uh, this week, rather than a uh, wide receiver two, maybe fringe wide receiver one, you know Emmanuel Sanders maybe even a little worse for him, even though he was better last Super Bowl. Uh, well, one of the things to know here is that both of these teams, or the uh, the, the Broncos, uh, have gone uh, under in the over and under for the last five games, and you got Carolina's gone under in the last four games. And there's not a really high predicted score uh, for this one. So at Vegas is saying this is going to be a low-scoring game. Vegas is saying that Carolina's not even going to score, uh, you know, more than two tu- much more than two touchdowns. They've got them saying they're going to score about 15.6 points. That is not a good time for fantasy football for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and then you got that, that Vegas thinks that Denver's going to win, like you had mentioned, Houdini. So. I don't know. It'll be an exciting thing. To, it's a great way to start off the season. I don't know if that's going to be the new trend. Is this the new way they're doing it? Is the, they redo the Super Bowl every every th- uh, they, first game? They've done it every other or so year. I, I mean, I think they did it a couple years ago with the Patriots. Um, but then last year with what, Patriots-Steelers on Thursday night. That, that, that game was at least something to look forward to. I don't think this one's a fantasy game to look forward to. But it's a game to look forward to just because it's the first one on slate. That's all we got. It's the season kickoff, baby. So, um, be interesting. Be interesting. One thing I'll be uh, psyched to see for a ton of people is, is Virgil Green going to be a part of this offense? Is he going to be brought into the mix? you got Virgil Green getting a lot of hype in the offseason. He's the, he's the starting tight end. You know, you got uh, Owen Daniels is gone. Uh, for, you know, Vernon Davis has been gone since uh, uh, he was there last year, didn't do crap. But uh, I'm excited to see if he can do something and, and be, a, be reward, reward some of those fantasy owners that were able to pluck him in the end of drafts. If he can get it going, that'll be exciting. And I agree with you. Demarius is a guy that I have on my team as a wide receiver, too, and a flex. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, if he can kind of bounce back, uh, because he, he he didn't really have a great, uh, certainly didn't have a great Super Bowl. I don't. He's never been a guy that has big postseason games. I expect him to show up. I think when I'm talking about, you know, Simeon's not going to throw for a ton of yards, I think Demarius is going to get the majority of them. Yep. All right. Should we move on to another game? Yeah. And uh, Alberta. I definitely agree with that. Why is nobody ever say hi to me? Oh, thanks. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got playing there? Uh, we got Johnny Drama. So uh, bringing back a little entourage I, I had done in uh, years, probably might have been a couple years ago. Uh, Ari. So uh, this time, uh, instead of the uh, instead of the agent, we're going with the brother. 
I don't know if Ari's hard to top in terms of one-liners and quotes, but Jarma's got a couple out there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Houdini's got up his sleeve here. Oh, boy. I love you guys, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the first game on Sunday, September 11th. We will never forget September 11th. Um, And it's the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons aren't in their new stadium yet. They'll be in there next year. Uh, but um, this one should be interesting. There's a lot of expectations for the Buccaneers to kind of take that next step. And uh, the Falcons... Uh, it's a good team to have your first step against. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. Uh, but at the same time, I think Falcons are one of those teams that could surprise a little bit. Um, what are your... Let's start with the visitor side and the Buccaneers. Um, what's going on? Uh, we know that... Uh, one of the our toughest schedules in the league this year was uh, Jameis Winston, and uh, one of the easiest schedules in the league this year is uh, Doug Martin. Uh, what are your expectations for this offense? Uh, let's let's pop there first. I mean, one of those major reasons is because of the strength of the Atlanta defense. You could run all over these guys. Doug Martin did it last year. Charles Sims even got involved against the Falcons last year, uh, and all while there with with Desmond Trufant. Uh, and a few other corners are able to stockpile Mike Evans. Uh, and that's just worked out well for them in the past, and they were one of the better teams against opposing wide receivers in terms of fantasy points last year. So that's something that could continue to, to play. Uh, their first-round pick, um, what Keanu Neal, he's out for a few weeks, uh, still not going to be playing, and he's the guy they expect to you know cover um, at the safety position. So that's going to be a tough matchup. I don't see much improvement out of this defensive backfield for this game. I don't see much improvement out of Atlanta's defense altogether. You know, so this is a team that struggled last year. They're going to struggle again this year. This is this is where, you know, I, I think Doug Martin should be able to have a good game uh, in this one. I also think that this is where you're going to, we're going to get a good gauge of what I believe is going to be a big maturity year from Jameis Winston. And we're also going to find out if Mike Evans is going to go back more to his rookie form or if he's going to continue to have the dropsies that he had and that plagued him all of last year. So, you know, a good opportunity in the first week. You are going against a weak secondary. Uh, there is going to be opportunities out there. They do take their shots. And Winston has looked really good in the preseason. So I, I, I do expect him to, to come out of this one with a nice week. You know, you, I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised. It's going to be curious to see how it rolls when they get toward the red zone. But this is one where conceivably I could see a Jameis Winston three-touchdown game here. I don't know, man. The way he played against Atlanta last season was rough. They were top ten against quarterbacks uh, in terms of fantasy points. If they just need to get that pass rush going, and Vic Beasley needs to get going. Uh, but uh, the defensive backfield's way underrated compared to the sort of the, the the peers. They were second against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed last season. They they absolutely shut down. Um, sort of Mike Evans and then Vincent Jackson. Well, but we remember now, this was Jameis Winston in his rookie season yeah. that, that we're talking about there. So that's what I'm talking about, the maturity that I expect to see. Also, you know, if any good quarterback who plays in a division against a division opponent should have a long memory of teams that you struggled against and look to try to rectify that in your first opportunity this year. So I, I, I'm looking for that. Well, let's talk about Atlanta. Whew. Whew. What about ASJ and Cameron Bray? All right, okay. The, the storyline of the year. 
Break it down. Co-starters now. Co-starters. After all, ASJ was rated as the number two tight end on the first unofficial depth chart. Now, now they're the same guy, but Brake's still out there working with the first team. You know, that's good. But then also today, they came out and signed Cecil Shorts. Uh, that is a dramatic, dramatic increase over whoever they had at wide receiver three. And, what, Adam Humphreys, they already released Kenny Bell. Um, lots, lots of – Cecil is an instant improvement. But I don't know if we'll be able to contribute much in this game with just, you know, six days' worth of – you know, knowledge? Yeah. Well, co- co-starters at tight end sounds like a co-infection of uh, multiple HPV subtypes. I'm staying away. <laughs> I so, that sounds like something very from your, your, your uh, doctor. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing I it to you. I have no idea what that is. That means it has to do with medical stuff. The only thing I know much about is medical marijuana. Don't, don't date that girl is what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> she's got vaginitis. Uh, well, she may have that too, but she's, uh, she's, she's got a lot of stuff down there. I'm like some vagiclean. Vagiclean in our price check Vagiclean in our league. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta. <laughs> I'm screwing up, but I love me, me myself, and our aim. We so, got a frosty taco over here. So Tampa was actually able to win both games last season. Uh, remember, I think that was James Winston's first like comeback start, uh, comeback fourth quarter victory against Atlanta earlier in the season on the road. Uh, in week eight, but he, he had pretty decent fantasy output in each one 19.5 points, 18.6 points. But yeah, it was a lot centered around this run game where Doug Martin was able to have his way with Atlanta. Um, well, and his lines were you know ridiculous, and that was one of the better DFS plays 23 of 71 the first time, and then 25 for 95 and a touchdown. He was able to, you know, put together strings of nice performances against them and lots of workload. So I think you should definitely expect Doug Martin to be back in there with some Charles Sims mixed in because we've seen a lot of Charles Sims this preseason, including both Doug Martin and Charles Sims on the field at the same time, especially in the red zone where they like to run this little counter buck where they use uh, Charles Sims in like a jet motion coming across and then throwing the ball on the flat. So that's something that could be, you know, against the, the cover linebackers for this team, could be great, great play. Well, I think I, I agree. Tampa Bay has got a, a tougher situation against the, uh, the secondary of the Atlanta, and they've got a good situation with the run game against Atlanta. So, uh, but at the end of the day, Vegas is saying that the uh, the, the Atlanta's going to win this game pretty soundly. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, what are your expectations for Matt Ryan, a guy that pretty much has fallen uh, essentially outside outside the top twenty quarterbacks in this uh, the drafts over the last couple weeks? Uh, can he become? Uh, he's basically a waiver wire guy at this point. I can't remember him even getting drafted by anybody. Can he surprise? Is Matty Ice uh, gonna 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 melt, or is he because he's on becomes on fire, or is Matty Ice staying ice cold? I don't I don't see him heating up. I mean, the, the, he's gonna stay ice cold. And the, and the part of the problem is, who does he have to throw the ball to? You know, you, you don't. You, you know, it was one thing when he had Julio Jones, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez. Okay, yeah, you're gonna be pretty damn good. Who do they have at tight end? It's, it's Jacob, Jacob Tammy. Why did I, well, I, I complained about this on the podcast. Why didn't they go after and do anything there? Why? Did, it seems like so weird that they're just like Julio Jones in his prime, one of the greatest wide receivers the league has seen in ages, uh, and they're just kind of 
not bringing anything around him to uh, make life easier. And a tight end would be great for him because, number one, that's also someone that, that uh, where Matt Ryan and Tony Gonzalez had a lot of success together. And that's, you know, getting someone in that middle part of the field to kind of open stretch things up and give Julio better opportunities. You know, the reason why Julio is going to put up huge numbers is, again, there's no one else to throw through. So he, he gets targeted at a ridiculous pace. I mean, Mohamed Sanu, they've tried to get Austin Hooper involved all preseason. He just can't seem to catch a lick so far. Yeah, lots of passes going through his hands, ending up interceptions for you know the other teams. So that's going to be a real hard game to trust Matt Ryan early in the season. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's going to need to get his working on on practice field. Yeah. So Tammy, I think his one touchdown scored came against Tampa Bay last season. So there's that. Uh, Matt Ryan had the tail of two games against them at home, you know, where he's a, a, a decent play, better than he is on the road. Uh, he was able to put up over 20 fantasy points, and then when they played on the road, just 13. So this is going to be... I think that was his best game of the year. He threw for 397 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and not Logic. much... I mean, what's changed in the Tampa Bay defense? They added a, a first-round rookie uh, cornerback, and we know how rookie corners can struggle early in the season. Uh, so there's that. I mean, besides that, Devonta Freeman, he had pretty nice games against Tampa Bay last season. Did first one was a lot better. And expect him to do most of his damage through the air. He didn't, you know, he had, uh, yeah, he had 88 yards on 21 carries uh, the first time. I think it was 14 on 47 the second time. But he had 10 catches. In, in one of those games, so he's expect that's because again, when you don't have anybody else for the balance in the, at the wide receiver, because Muhammad Snooze not giving it to you, you're not getting it from the tight ends. This is where it's still good for Devonta Freeman. If you're in PPR leagues, he's going to get a lot of targets as well. Are you guys worried about the Julio Jones uh, ankle injury? Uh, anything, anything that to worry about? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's playing. You're starting him, but um, no worries there at all. No, no concerns no, for me. I'm okay. fine. All right, well, let's uh, move on to the next game, and that's going to be the Vikings at the Titans. Uh, obviously, we start with the uh, visiting team. Huge news, unless you've been living under a rock. Uh, Tammy, uh, t- Tammy, sorry. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> slip. Tammy Bridgewater, uh, t- Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, got hurt yeah. out for the season. Not a good injury. Uh, then they go and they trade a lot to go get Sam Bradford. Go for it. The ultimate guy cry movie. Mm-hmm. He cries in front of her, shows her he's sensitive, bang, he moves right in. Yeah, his tears will basically act as a lubricant. <laughs> but we now have Sam Bradford, who probably not going to start, or what do you expect? Uh, they're, saying Sean Hill. Hill. they're saying Sean Hill. The thing is, they're giving him both first team snaps for week one. So I, I guess if you're not going to give Sam Bradford all the, the snaps, you should look for Sean Hill to potentially be the starter for this game. And I don't know that Sam Bradford's any better than Sean Hill. I, I feel like I'm going to be watching because I was watching over the weekend the Georgia football game. And so they started out with this guy Lambert, and then they have the, 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 the kid who's like the best quarterback prospect that came out, Eason. And so they brought him in. And they went back to Lambert. And I'm watching those Georgia fans. What are you doing? I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see all the rotating going on. Stanford did the same thing. It's, a, it's like a the lot, new thing. A lot of college football teams are doing that this year. Like so, we don't really know which guys are guys. So we're going to just kind of just give them both a shot and let this uh, come more clearly into focus. Maybe that'll happen in this game. What about what if both guys are getting a few series and Bradford gets out there? 
Or, what, or one guy goes out there, he throws an interception, and all of a sudden we're going to go to the other guy. Uh, short leashes. Here's the thing. If I even think a quarterback is a short leash, I'm not starting in fantasy football, so let's move on. <laughs> That's it. So let's talk, fair enough. Let's fair talk enough. I agree. That's it. Let's talk about how it affects the other rest of the players. Adrian Peterson, a uh, guy that I have, you know, my, people know he's one of my favorite players. I have him on basically every one of my teams. Um, was able to get him at good value and was not scared to go high on him. What are your expectations with that quarterback situation for AP this year and I, in this game? I, I, it doesn't affect him at all. This is one of those things. It's like you look at what Teddy Bridgewater was doing his first two seasons. He's throwing 14 touchdowns a year. Do you see any type of difference in what the Vikings have been doing this preseason that's leading you to believe that things are going to change? And Go ahead. The only thing I see as a difference is Teddy Ridgewater had become a very good game manager and also pre-snap reads. Mm-hmm. So he was putting AP in good run situations when the box dictated it. You know, can a guy like Sam Bradford, who doesn't know the offense, audible out into a pass play if the box is stacked with eight and you know not get an extra hit on AP where he loses two yards. So Teddy Bridgewater was very good pre-snap. Um, what he did after the snap, you know, I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but pre-snap, I think that matters a lot. But then we've got two quarterbacks, uh, sort of different styles. Sean Hill's been under center. Sam Bradford's done a little bit of under center in San. Uh, St. Louis, and then you know, not very much while with Philly, so he's sort of had both those styles. We'll see how they choose to line up the quarterback, and we'll see how that affects AP. I still think he's one of the top five running backs this week to play. You know, if you drafted him, you're starting him. I think that's pretty much it. And then looking at their other weapons, you know, Stephon Diggs. I think we, I prefer that Sean Hill plays the majority of the game if I'm a Stephon Diggs owner. But I just don't think I'm going to start very many of these Minnesota players until we get see the quarterback you know, situation figured out. Uh, I mean, they're saying Laquan Treble might get some early snaps, but then he's not the starter. He hasn't had more than, what, one catch in, 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 in a preseason game? He's not done anything to warrant you feeling any sort of confidence with him. He's a guy you're going to have to wait three, four weeks and see exactly what kind of role, how many snaps, uh, snap counts uh, he's out there for. I think, you know, you're going to be surprised. He might be, you know, missing like 40% of the snaps out there. Yeah, I think he's going to miss a lot more than that. Yeah, Why is that? What happened? Is he having a trouble with the, the playbook? Is he just is it was Charles Johnson that that much better? He like hasn't this shown is guy, anything. This is a first round pick. He just hasn't shown anything to elicit any confidence. I mean at so the three wide receiver set, which has been, you know, a lot talked about, is uh, Stefan Diggs moves into the slot, they've got Charles Johnson on the outside, and Adam Thielen is coming in as the third wide receiver. And this is a lot because Jarius Wright's missed a bunch of the preseason. Uh, you know, Laquan Treadwell hasn't shown himself. Like, Laquan Treadwell is listed fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Don't consider him a fantasy asset until later down the season. We'll have him on our watch list. And know, uh, your, know, know the coaching, too, right? This is Mike Zimmer's team. Mike Zimmer is just not going to, if you're not doing it on the practice field, he's not going to put you out there on, on the real field. And remember when Treadwell came, everyone's, everyone was talking about how North Turner is going to be his uh, Michael Irvin, and geez, it's so crazy. So let's quickly talk about um, the tight end. Uh, what, any, any Kyle Rudolph? Is I there mean, Kyle any, Rudolph any, could get a lot of dumps. <laughs> I could get a lot of dumps. <laughs> I, every morning I get a lot of dumps. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, who knows what else is going on with these wide receivers, what kind of continuity they'll have. 
the dump off from the tight end and you know guys like Jarek McKinnon could be what happens with this offense, especially if Sam Bradford's potentially the starter. Yeah. Well, McKinnon. Well, and I'll say this though too, real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut no you word. off there. Um, for Adrian Peterson, though, I love this matchup against Tennessee. This is not a good defense either. So you know he should be able to to, to hit a couple big runs in this one. Well, let's move over to the Tennessee side of the ball. Uh, obviously. There's few storylines that are um, getting more hype trained than uh, Derrick Henry and um, yeah, DeMarco Murray. DeMar- well, him, but DeMarco Murray and that bang. It's not. It's not uh, what was, what, thunder and lightning. Not thunder and lightning. It's it's thunder and thunder. I mean, these guys are. I thought you were going to say it's bang, bros. <laughs> I, I, I stopped watching that a while ago. That was my that was my favorite a long time. Hey, ago. but if somebody else comes out with that, I think you hear it here first. I you don't did. know if anybody's said "Bang Bros." Bang Bros. That's great. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! I, I didn't get that at first. I thought you were looking at my uh, history. And, uh, and my <laughs> Definitely not. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about these. We own it. <laughs> first dibs. I'm talking about these two hammers at running back. I think uh, Derrick Henry averaged 6.4 yards per carry this preseason, scored three rushing touchdowns, had like five rushes of over 40 yards. Um, pretty much just decimated all you know preseason expectations. So he's a guy, if you didn't like him before, which I didn't. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm a crow. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, it's a big crow here. Like... Remember well, some I, of those tweets we had early offseason, like his footwork and watching him in the OTAs, it was like, it was basically looked like a guy that just came from, it was like the Nigerian nightmare coming from overseas and like, <laughs> play football, okay, I'm, I'm going to play football, I, I haven't been doing this at all in my life. He looked terrible, but obviously the kid's ready to play, once you get to, once you get between the tackles and get him with the, the pads on, he is a beast. Heisman Trophy winner. I've been high as hell on DeMarco Murray all offseason. No one had him ranked higher in their tiers than me. I'm still high on him because of this whole situation and this whole team. But obviously, it's I'm a little worried that now tomorrow it's going to be a little bit more of an equal opportunity kind of deal. So I'm a target touches and looks kind of guy. I need volume. That's why I love DeMarco Murray. I thought he was going to get 25 carries a game. Now that number is going to be calming down. So... They're both going to help each other, uh, but I'm a little worried on, on DeMarco. But he did slip in drafts. To help your case, though, they did go out and cut Destin McCluster. That makes DeMarco Murray Don't their logical him. third down back. And they also, well, they also cut Sankey, too. So it's basically these two are the only thing they're going yeah. with all season. Uh, they did and, keep uh, Antonio Andrews so another they, hammer around. Another bang brother. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This, that's a, that's a trip. That's... No, I'm not going to go there. Go ahead. Expect. I mean, <laughs> this is a team that could sort of shake things up and look a lot like last year's Bills, where they very high rush attempts. They sort of protect the quarterback. The quarterback's got you know a lot of the same skill sets as Tyrod Taylor. Very accurate with the football, able to make things happen and extend plays with his legs. So you know that's got some sneaky upside to this run game and then play action. The question is, do they have a dynamic player on the outside who can make plays like Sammy Watkins? No, they don't. And and that's part of the reason why I think you're 100% correct in how they're going to be running their offense. It's going to be – and it it will be effective with these guys because you'll be able to also even do some some, uh, play-action bootlegs where you're going to see Mariota be able to use his legs as well. So I think that is is kind of the the idea. 
identity that I think this team is, is looking to get. Because you don't trade Doriel Green Beckham for to bring nothing back and, and just say, okay, we were wrong and, and we're done and we're cutting our, we're cutting ties. And you know the answer to that was Derrick Henry. Okay, we're going to commit to the run, sign DeMarco Murray, bring these guys in. This is the identity to allow uh, Mariota to have, you know, uh, not have to have all the pressure on him in order to do it, and we can kind of bring him along at, at, at the pace that he needs to come at. Well, Tajay Sharp uh, is a guy that's probably, what, he's our wide receiver number one, right? He was kind of right, always banged up and banged up currently. Uh, and the one thing we saw from Tajay Sharp was he took a play, he took a play and separated. He made a catch and he looked fast as hell and that wasn't necessarily his calling card uh, coming out of college. So he looked like he had that in-pads game speed and they obviously felt very comfortable with his work ethic, his route running, and his understanding of the playbook where they could ship uh, DGB. Um, but we'll see. I agree. I think this is a this team to me has become even more exciting because I never thought it was going to be a very great call to rely on Mariota to be chucking the ball around and keeping them and making this a great team. So I think the run will help offset his ability to get some things done because you just they, they, they just got to be worried about the run, and that's just going to open up things for DeMarco, uh, Delaney Walker and, and Taji Sharp. But now we've been pra- praising all this uh, or heaping all this praise on them right now. I don't like this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings are a very good defense. Uh, you got big hitters there in their secondary. Uh, you know, you got you got a strong defensive front. I I, I think it's going to be they're going to they're going to have to do. It's gonna, this is what's going to be interesting about this game. If you like running, Adrian Peterson and Demarco and Derek. That's going to be the story of this game, and it's going to be you know which line is going to be able to impose their will. And I think through. I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to have horrible games, but I, I you know. I just don't see a huge breakout against this Minnesota defense. Before you go on to that, one thing about your Bang Brothers name, uh, it's Mario Brother, too, Marcus Mario. <laughs> there's a lot of, it's just all kind of working together. Synergy. 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 Uh, the thing is, Minnesota was, I don't think they were a great defense. They just played so slow that they look better than they actually are. How many great players are on that defensive side of the ball yet? You know, Harrison Smith, who's good. But the rest of this team is just just above average players. No great standout players. And I think with the improvements on the offensive line um, that Tennessee made and the talent of these running backs, I think they'll definitely be able to make an impact against this front. And then between Taze Sharp and Rashard Matthews, who's an underrated two, maybe one. I always leave that guy out. I got. I, I don't know why. I guess I just didn't watch him play enough in Miami. But I always. I, I, I underlook Richard Matthews for sure. <laughs> they're co number ones out there. I think though. But Tajay Sharp is so cheap on DFS for oh, yeah. for Week One. Look out for him. Um, so is Rashard Matthews. If you're looking for that sort of low-cost dart throw, those are guys to sort of target. But this is a game that could be, like we talked about, one of the slower-paced games, which isn't necessarily great. Let's do a quick pyro promo. Uh, some of the words and vernacular that uh, Stag Party was just using there, talking about DFS, is referring to our uh, daily d- do's and don'ts, which is our weekly uh, DFS piece, where we have a number. It's a collaborative piece where... Uh, most of the pyro mindshare uh, comes in and, they, and we give our uh, must start, we give our dart throw, which is kind of a, a shot in the dark more or less play. We, got, we do our don't play, our must sit, 
And then there's one of those sleeper. They are sleeper guy. And then obviously Daisy, who's in the other room because she's gonna huff and puff. She does her little uh, bone bone tree pick, and we're excited. We got stiff kitties on that this That's year. Daisy the dog, Mike. Daisy the dog. We got Stag Party. We got Houdini does it. We got OC doing. I'm doing it. And then um, I think that's about it. Uh, but we'll have a lot of contributors uh, rocking out that piece. And uh, it's a good one. It comes out Friday every week. It is a great one-stop shop to help you with DFS. So, before we get into the next game, listen to this. All right, all right. Let's come back. The Browns, an exciting team against the Eagles. Um, a lot of exciting stuff happening there with some of the news that's going on with the Eagles. So, let's start with the, uh, the visitor. And Hugh Jackson putting together something special. As it seems, it all kind of relies on RG3, and if he can um, carry this over and really um, have a kind of a, a renaissance, a resurgence in his career, I hope he can because there's some serious weaponry at wide receiver. What do you guys think? And at running back. I mean, and Barnage is good too. What are you guys expecting for fantasy football with the Browns in this matchup? So... For the Browns this week, I like the Philadelphia Eagles defense. <laughs> um, no, but a little bit more serious. Uh, we've got, let's see, Isaiah Crowell. He's been the lead dog so far in this preseason, getting more work on third down than uh, his counterpart, Duke Johnson, more first down work than Duke Johnson, uh, more work, all the work in the red zone with the first-team offense. Uh, so this is the guy who's potentially, if you got him late in drafts, could be a very good sneaky play throughout the season. This week, uh, yeah. But but are you surprised about this? See, I'm not 100% surprised by that because it's kind of a Hugh Jackson thing. Look at what he did with Giovanni Bernard uh, before Jeremy Hill got there. Then once Jeremy Hill got there, he fell in love. He likes the guy who can run inside. And he, he, he wants to have more of that guy really be the lead guy. The way that it's going to kind of work, and I think the kind of way that it worked last year for Cincinnati, and I think this is kind of Hugh's thing, is that I don't know that he really necessarily believes that, oh, you're my third down back. He goes, you got the series. And until you're just out of breath and you need someone to come in and give you a breather, but then he'll go and all of a sudden it's like, he'll, Duke's going to end up getting a couple series as these games go on. So, I mean, from what we've seen in the preseason, I don't know that I'm going to buy into that as much, but I think it's going to be interesting because I think that, I don't know how much I, I like Duke better as that guy that can just kind of be that guy that comes in, not just as a spell, but as that third down back, maybe even sometimes in dual back situations because of his receiving ability, and I kind of feel right now that he's a guy who I was so high on in the, in the, in the offseason that it's being stunted a little bit right now. Yeah, I'm a Duke detractor, so you've got that coming for me. There you uh, go. Let's, let's talk about... I mean, Gary Barnage Gar- 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 is probably a top. Gary Barnacle, Big Gary. He's probably Big Gary. <laughs> he's probably a top five to seven tight end this week in rankings. Uh, definitely, if you've got him, you should play him. The Eagles do have some talented cover linebackers, though. Uh, but let's remember, this is going to be a totally new defense with Jim Schwartz running it. And this is now a 4-3. And think about the guys they have there. This is going to be so good for a guy like Fletcher Cox. This is going to be so good for some of these linebackers like Michael Kendricks um, and all these other coverage linebackers that they have now that they don't have these sort of rush responsibilities here and there. 
you know, Trent Cole, everybody goes back to a 4-3. Jim Schwartz can run a defense. I don't know if he can run a football team, but he can run a defense. But and I'll we've tell you seen what, it though, in Buffalo. I, I, we have. But I'll tell you, the other thing that you got to worry about, though, with Jim Schwartz defense, you know it's going to be aggressive. But aggressive. And this is where it's like where you're also going to realize where a lot of the yards that's going to come for Cleveland this week, it's going to be through uh, penalties. <laughs> because sometimes they're over-aggressive, uh, you know, and, and that ends up hurting them. Uh, sometimes they get stupid. Jim Schwartz teams, uh, defense that have been known to get stupid uh, uh, personal foul penalties, yeah. you know, and you got it. You got to limit those. So, but as far as what that does, uh, it doesn't help you in fantasy. So, you know, just know that a lot of the moving up and down the field may be from that. Sack them, then get a penalty. Then sack them, then get a penalty. Well, let's talk about one thing. Josh Gordon does not come back for the first four weeks. Corey Coleman, been very silent. Usually rookies get a lot of opportunity in the preseason, get uh, their timing down, figure out play. Let's, let's, let's see what we got here. This is a 13th overall pick, I believe, first round or first wide receiver taken. He's been silent. Basically, they've been just sitting him. So they either are just totally confident that this guy's got it down or just Hugh Jackson wasn't willing to risk him getting banged up or hurt. Well, he's already banged up yeah, most of camp with this hamstring injury. So, the question is, is he fully recovered? He got some work in week four. Uh, let's see if he can now translate that into being the wide receiver two on this team. Because they like Terrell Pryor on the outside. How is that sort of going to match? We know RG3 can throw the deep ball. That seems to be his one talent. But we've got to see this offensive line gel, give him some room to throw the deep ball. That's that's what sort of affected him late in his career in Washington. So he just didn't have any time. And now with his legs sort of, you know, maybe average at best, it's hard for him to extend plays and make throws outside the pocket on, on deep shots. Well, I think it's his third leg that's really increasing his confidence because he's dating that hot as hell broad from Florida State instead of that total slop tart that he married and, and was that, that he was with for a while. Well, I mean, nobody appreciates their girlfriend until they get herpes from the next blood. <laughs> yes. So I think that's a part of what's going on with RG3. I'm really excited. For the first time in a while, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. It's, 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 it's fun. I think it's going to be fun to watch the Browns. And I hope RG3 can pull it together. I hope uh, Coleman can, can kind of come out of the gates and be a, a special player that people are, are turning heads and people are buying his jerseys and thinking, wow, we got a, we got a, a sharp thing. And a funny thing is, uh, remember the article you wrote a couple years ago about how guys that are under six feet, now the whole trend that people, everyone's talking about since ODB, uh, Jay, and, and, and Cooks, and now, now they're talking about how the changing of the guard in the league is these is these players that are that aren't six three, that aren't huge, but are unguardable because they're so quick, and um, it's exciting to see. Obviously, there's still a lot of great players at the wide receiver position, like a Julio, like an AJ Green, that are that tall. You know, no, the, the, but the argument was that it was what were they going to do in their first year. And are you going to get those thousand yards out of those under six foot receivers? And now you're seeing with 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 Beckham and hopefully with the Coleman that they can do it. They can do it lately. Over the past three years, it's been it's been effective with some of these shorter guys. I mean, Beckham's five uh, eleven. You know, he's not a, he's not a shrimp. Where I think what is Coleman like five eight, five nine. We'll, that, call, we'll call it five ten for his giant. Five ten for his. He's like an Iverson five uh, six feet. <laughs> 
But that dude is. Um, I'm ready for him. I'm ready. For, I, I, I I love what he can do. I, I grabbed him. In Are you confidently league. starting him in week one? I, and I, not I, in a rookie league. No. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Not. Absolutely. Not. I'm a hard guy. I'm. I'm hopefully starting him uh, without that. All right. Uh, let's move over to the other side of the ball and go to Carson Wentz's Eagles. From a broken rib to a starter in a flash. It's that was big, big change. Big, big changes and, and just stupid, right? Because why did Carson... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to talk. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to meet Chase Daniel about why I'm not the starter. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm mad. What they did to Carson Wentz anyway, they had him in a, whatever second overall pick is playing his his, uh, his first... Um, uh, Time playing in the preseason, playing with guys who are undrafted free agents. That's ridiculous. And that's why he got hurt, because he's not getting playing with, with guys that could actually protect him, could actually uh, you know, block the line for him, and he almost got, he got sawed in half, and that's what ended up destroying him uh, and, and knocking him out. So now, you look at what he did in the preseason, it, wasn't, it was nothing that you can judge it on. So how are you supposed to look at this game and go, oh, we know what we're going to get from Carson Wentz? So, for a guy that completed, what, was it 25% of his passes in the preseason? You know, I I look at this and you say, okay, well, so with Jordan Matthews and everything, I I really kind of think that they're going to lean a a lot on the running game to to, to start this thing off. You disagree? I I definitely think Ryan Matthews is a play this week. If there's a week you're playing Ryan Matthews, it's week one when he's healthy against the Browns. And even if he's only slightly healthy, I think you got to play him this week. Uh, he's a borderline top ten running back this week. Exciting to see what Ryan Matthews could do. Uh, sort of when the off- offense is going to revolve around him a little bit in Philadelphia for the first time. Uh, we get to see that sort of excitement. Uh, besides that, Darren Sproles potentially getting a lot of work uh, at running back as the second guy. Other deeper running backs, Kenyon Barner and you know Wendell Smallwood. It sounds like Barner's the guy who's more ready to take carries than than Smallwood. So if you're looking for a deep stash, it could be him. Wide receivers, you know they've got DGB who they want to work in with the ones from here and there. They've got Nelson Aguilar who had one of the toughest uh, corner slates in all of the league last year. He's potentially been shining. And then they've got Jordan Matthews, who has just returned from injury. But then they've also got Zach Ertz. So if I'm looking for a guy to play, who, you know, guessing who Carson Wentz is going to throw to is going to be a complete shot in the dark. But I'm going to put my money on Jordan Matthews, the stud wide receiver, and Zach Ertz, and then, you know, some plays to Sproles. Outside of that, I'm not going to think about starting any of these complimentary wide receivers until we see how this offense looks under Wentz. And I'm worried for Wentz because part of what Wentz was going to bring to the table was his ability to run. Well, if you're playing with the ribs, people are going after you. So I don't know that they're going to want to expose him that much. So does that mean that they're, I think it's going to be like a really dumbed down offense this week. Um, so vanilla. It's going to look like Bears 1991. It was a hairline fracture and I think that that those kind of heal up pretty quickly, and, and, and that was about three or four weeks ago. So I feel they would not be as confident in going with him week one if they thought they were going to really have to kind of put too many uh, baby gloves on it. Uh, I think they're going to let him rip and what let what may happen happen. Uh, 
And he, that is the reason why he is an exciting player, Wentz. You see when he starts fetching out and going, um, going outside and, and making plays on the run, that is what that guy does. He is awesome once he gets out of that pocket. I just think he's going to end up being a more sturdier Alex Smith in terms of body type. Like, that's how they're going to plan to use him. They're going to use some of those plays. And Smart. Alex Smith's an underrated path, uh, underrated rusher. And they're going to use that sort of aspect of Alex Smith's game to mold Carson Wentz. Here's the one thing I'll say. I think that's a good point, and I can't disagree with that. But I think that Wentz has got a little more confidence, especially because he's a rookie and they've kind of been giving him the keys. Alex Smith has always been checking down, always been this smart, really timid guy. I think Wentz, and hopefully Doug Peterson's going, like, you know what? We're going to be smart. We don't want you to be coming a gunslinger day one. But at the same time, once once the hike and the play has happened, I think the Wentz is going to just be like, use, his instincts are going to take over. And I think Alex Smith never really had those gamer instincts. He was not a, ever. He's from, not a dime. And he was the first overall pick himself right. back in the but, day. But do you back. ever see Alex Smith, when you watch a game, a Chiefs game, because uh, this is where he's had the most success. I don't care about the San Francisco days. When you see him with the Chiefs, do you ever go, wow, he just commanded it today? No. Some some days when he's running, when he's lot, running, when he's running, you're like, wow, that's a different element. Wow, but not taking that, you know, and, you know, he did a little bit more when they got Jeremy Macklin there. But that's why I think that you, you're right. I mean, and Carson Wentz, you, you got to let the, you know, it's a young thoroughbred, unbridled thing. Let, yeah. let, let him, let him, let him run, let him do his thing, and be himself. All right, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with both these teams. A lot of things need to come into focus. So uh, let's move on. Unless you got anything else. Um, Let's move on. All right. Bengals at the Jets. Bengals. Is AJ AJ Green okay? Certainly sounds like it. They just played it it safe with the guy. It was was scary. I remember I was watching that preseason game. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, it was like one of these stupid. And then the worst part about that one was he stayed out there and ran another play. And you could tell that he was fine. So to me, it looked like a probably like an MCL strain because it's like he was fine running straight. But as soon as he went to turn, then it was like, okay, he's hobbling up on that knee again. So you, are you, can you worry about a flare up? Sure, you got to worry about a flare up. So um, I just want to see him look healthy this week and, and be AJ, and then and then everything's fine. Absolutely. I had AJ Green was going high in drafts. I think he was basically. I, I didn't really see a draft where he went lower than sixth overall um, in a draft. And do you guys have a draft where he? He was basically like right at that five and six in every draft that I've I saw. been all auctioned so far. I'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, AJ is one of those guys where I hope for the best for him. I don't have any of my teams. Uh, kind of happy about that because he's frustrating. But I love an AJ Green and I love a Dalton. And I, I, after the way their season ended last year in that Steelers game, I'm hoping that they can uh, kind of right out of the gates have that momentum and, and start pick up where they left off before Dalton got hurt. Because let's remember that was a serious, serious offense, and they looked uh, as good as it gets um, last year in fantasy football. So let's hope that that happens again. But the real deal is. What is going to happen? Jeremy Hill looks unbelievable. Giovanni Bernard looks equally as great. Are these guys both completely startable and and you're happy with that? Is this like, are they better than the the Sims and Doug Martin combination? Is, or once again, you know what it is? Back, is, is it going to be right back down to 
what we saw I think it's good. Is that combination? Though. That's a great question. It, how do you value it? Are you value it just by total fantasy points that are produced? Because the difference is going to be that Doug Martin's going to carry a lot more of the percentage of the points. Start with I test. Let's just start with I test because it's week one. Like, are these guys both going to be such a huge part of the offense that you're just sitting there like, wow? Uh, our owners out there are going to have to sit there and be like. Whether it's PPR I, or not, they do. I'm going to tell you what, I was in an auction last night, and it ended up that prices I was uh, discussing with you guys uh, beforehand, how expensive these running backs went, but I had those two guys both marked as like guys that I was targeting in my auction, and I'm like, am I going to be stuck, because it was like the last two guys that were best left, and I ended up, you know, bypassing it still, but because of the prices, but I'm like, I might end up with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> Now, if that happens, can you start all of them? I, you know what? In a, lot of, a lot of times you can't, especially if it's a PPR league, because then at least you're going to get the value for Giovanni, for what he's doing, and Hill's, Hill is going to give you the other both. But at the same time, is that they still are using Bernard also for series on his own. So, yeah, I, I think that the problem that you get with the two of them is that is any one of them going to be just established as the guy that is just going to be like, wow, I can expect to get 150, 160 yards on this guy. No, I think the most high end you're going to get on each of these guys is maybe like 110 type yards. So you're limiting, they eat into each other from the top end perspective. We know that Hill did okay in some ways last year in fantasy football because he got those touchdowns. Can he get the yards and increase his touchdown stacks? Can we just talk about this one game? Like, this is against the New York Jets, who are absolute run-stuffers. This is a Gio Bernard game, like, all the way. Like, Jeremy Hill's almost a no-fly zone with how they stuff the box. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a game that's tailor-made. We've well, seen Bill Belichick do it against the Jets for years. Play that pass-catching running back. But, yeah, these guys each are going to have their own value. Jeremy Hill's, you know, had pretty much the exact same number of carries in each of his first two NFL seasons, and the yardage has been the main difference. But you know, five point one and three point what seven yeah. the second season. So if those meet up somewhere in the middle, he's the thousand yard rusher again, and then he's he's been in for every single carry this preseason with the first team inside the ten yard line. Mm-hmm. Gio Bernard nowhere to be found once they get in deep. We know who they're going to in the red zone. Yeah, they might make some. They might use uh, Geo in the slot on occasion. Uh, they might use them both. That's something we could definitely see. But you know, this is the game where it should be a Geo game. Expect that. And if Jeremy Hill, you know, is going to have a fantasy game, a uh, good fantasy game, it's because he's going to score a short touchdown after somebody else got in there. Because this is a tough team to run against, even with Sheldon Richardson out of the lineup. No, I agree. I mean, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson on that line, this, this, they're run stuffers there. So, but the question is going to be here, outside of A.J. Green, is there anyone that's going to be able to get them? Because you also know that A.J. Green is going to be on Revis Island. Yeah, it's definitely is true. Revis Island is, 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 still, is it still as good of an he's island as it was yeah. before? He's already talking oh, about how they're moving over to safety. Or, or has, has the water started to uh, rise from all the ethic and the island is disappearing? Yeah, I, I think I think global warming's hurt Revis Island. Revis Island was very much intact for the first part of last season. And then he got a little banged up, which Revis seems to always do. And then he just starts to... You know, ease up a little bit. This is game one against one of the premier wide receivers in the league. And you know that Revis gets up for matchups like this. You know that he likes playing these big-name guys and shutting them down. So He does I, like it almost as much as I like a Bell Birdie. You should have started dating next week, bro. You could have saved yourself some coin. 
I remember I broke up with Stacy LaRusso a week before Valentine's Day. I got back with her a week after. No chocolates, no roses, no class. No class. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd looks pretty good this preseason, but then they're moving him around. They're playing him mostly in the slot, and he's the third wide receiver on the depth chart behind Brandon Lawful. Lawful. Um, but, you know, I'm not really looking for Boyd to be the week one starter there. It, I mean, I still think he has a lot of impact out of the slot against the Jets. Uh, you know, Buster Strain is mostly their slot corner. I like Tyler Boyd against him, and he's a guy who's shown he's been able to make diving plays. He's been able to make plays in the red zone. You know, as a cheap dart throw, Tyler Boyd's going to be there for me. But in redraft leagues, he's not on my radar until I see a little bit more. All right. Eifert's out for the first part of the season. Anything to consider here at the uh, tight end, or is it just basically a omitted it's, position? It's an omitted position because all their tight ends have been hurt all preseason. Yeah. Loved, loved Dalton as a, as a QB2. Uh, maybe a week-to-week play in DFS, but uh, this should be a not a great game for him, correct? Correct. All right. Should we move on to the next game? Or we'll cover a little bit of the Jets? Oh, yeah, probably. Jets, Jets, <laughs> Jets. Well, I, don't know, I want to cover is a little bit of a bad thing. Weed is a gateway drug, son. One day you're lighting up in full view of a dozen adults at a bat mitzvah. The next, you're cruising Santa Monica Boulevard, offering hand jobs for a crack rock. What is this? What is this? My biography? Is this, is this, 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 this bi- is your is this life. A biopic. <laughs> what do you got? All right, Matt Forte got some good news. They released Kerry Robinson, so now we're looking at Bilal Powell and then Troy Main Pope. Uh, is the third running back there. You know That's not a guy you need to worry about if you're a Matt Forte owner, even though Matt Forte has been one of the worst short yardage runners in the last decade. He owns the second lowest uh, career yards per, or the lowest yards per carry average for players with over seven, 700 carries active uh, at 4.26. And he's just a lot better receiver than he's a rusher. But hey, if they're going to use him in a run-and-shoot style offense, which certainly could happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center, uh, I, I like Forte a little bit this week, but Cincinnati's been tough. But they're missing Vontez Burfick because of you know incidents we don't need to talk about. Um, and then the, the game's going to funnel through these wide receivers. You know, Cincinnati just seems to come up with corners to throw at everybody every year. You said Vontez Burfitt. I got one thing for him. Good move, eh? You're going to need all your facilities. Well, what? Idiot. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> Idiot. I just had to get that Idiot. out first. Idiot. Idiot. So, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, this is a, an interesting game because, okay, so... I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball very well against this front. If you want to talk about a guy that uh, has a resurgent uh, preseason, how about Geno Atkins? Guys eating people alive on that, on that defensive line. So I, I, this is one of those ones where it's, it's interesting because Forte, they've been playing with kick gloves throughout the entire preseason. So now they're going to go ahead and roll with him. But the other thing that that also signifies to me is that they really do like what they have in Bilal Powell. So I, I, I kind of – this is one of those ones where it's like – 
Again, as I look at the two of them, do I think either of them is going to have a, a great game in this one? No. I think this one's going to have to be where you're, you're going to need to be pushing a lot of Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and really, and really pushing it to these guys on the outside. Um, I, but I, I, don't, I don't see it as a monster game for Fitzpatrick. I, I do think that, that each of those receivers, though, could end up having decent numbers. Yeah. The receivers is where it's going to flow through. We know we don't have to worry about the tight end position. Mm-hmm. They also released Jay Sabaro, who ends up with the Titans. I mean, so now you're looking at who? I don't even know. Cumberland? Jeff Cumberland, maybe? Uh, like, don't worry the about the who's been there forever, yeah. it seems like. Basically, <laughs> basically, their tight end is Quincy Nunla, who's a big slot receiver. I mean, but even then, don't worry about him. We know who the fantasy assets are on this team. I think you could roll with the two wide receivers in, in you know, redraft leagues. Uh, Forte is going to be a toss-up. Ball's sort of a flex option, maybe at best. Well, it'd be exciting to see what Fitzmagic can do. If Decker can keep up uh, and keep on getting those targets, obviously, I think we all agree that uh, Brandon Marshall was getting overdrafted out the wazoo. There wasn't any value in his draft pick at all this year like he came in the last three years. Uh, before that when he was with the Bears and his first year with the Jets. So Brandon Marshall and us are always like, do you know how good this guy is? Like, yeah, you just took him at the end of the third round. Not a good pick. Uh, but we'll see. Third, I that's, not, that's not so bad. I've seen some, him go he's in going, second. He's, going, he's been going in the second. Really? A lot of drafts. Really? Oh, my God. That's a atrocious pick. Uh I've, I've, I jumped on the Decker uh, love train that you guys have been singing his praises because that guy... You were able to get him super late, and I was like, all right, I'm taking him. I'm getting him, so we'll see. Should be should be interesting to see what happens with the Jets. Is this a team outside of fantasy football, is this a team that can contend and um, you think can be there uh, when it's all said and done? Are they going to contend in, in, in the real NFL games, or is I, this? I think this they put, they put all their chips in. So they, when they went for it, okay, bringing back Fitzpatrick, going for it, uh, uh, re-signing Wilkerson. They made all these moves, and now you also look at their division. You say, look, you were ten and six last year. You got New England without Brady for four weeks. So you got to take advantage of it. You can't have a slow start. You had the continuity last year. They're trying to keep it all together. You got Bowles and what he's doing, bringing this defense along. So. Yeah, they're, they're buying into that this is... You don't bring back Brandon Marshall unless you think you have a chance. But remember, Brandon Marshall has never played in a postseason game in his entire NFL career. That's crazy. Todd's got some bowls. Well, before we get on to this next game... All right, all right, let's do this Raiders action. The Raiders are going down to New Orleans, one of Houdini and my favorite cities in the world. And let's see if they're going to get it going at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We'll start with the Raiders. I think we all know Derek Carr. This is probably going to be his best matchup of the entire season. Everyone's liking him for DFS. He's a good play if you're if you're into that. Um, streaming quarterbacks. He's definitely quarterback in there. Uh, He's going to rank real high in our ranks this week. Tell, well, let me, let me top t- five option for sure. Let me give you a, a personal dilemma. I know we don't like to do these on the air, but I think it's a, it's, it's one of these ones that's interesting because it's a guy who is... I, it extends. You should use extends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll try to get that contract next. Carson Palmer this week against New England or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. D.C. 
Derek Carr. That's where I'm at, too. I mean, and you guys know, I, I was the guy that's been the highest on Derek Carr throughout this offseason. I think I finished out, I think I ranked him my 11th or 10th or 11th uh, quarterback. It's so. all about the matchup, baby. Yeah. This is, about, this is as good of a matchup as it gets for him. I think this team, hopefully this defense is a little, for their sake, uh, is a little bit better than they were last year because... That was the, the, the penalties that this uh, defense gave up, the miss uh, miscues that Browner, who actually went back to Seattle Seahawks and got cut by them as well. Uh, hopefully the, the Saints can be a little bit better as a secondary and a defense against fantasy footballers. But right now, until we see that happen, we got to roll the dice and think that uh, Derek Carr is licking his chops and ready to start flinging this thing around the field. Yeah, I mean... Let's see. Basically, any quarterback who played uh, the New Orleans Saints last season was the equivalent of Cam Newton uh, in terms of points per game. So, yeah, Derek Carr should be all right. Uh, his <laughs> weapons, there's not a corner there in sight for Amari Cooper. Even for Michael Crabtree, Michael Crabtree's an interesting guy who probably is a wide receiver two-ish, wide receiver three this week. Instead of, you know, maybe a wide receiver three flex. So, you can look at him in DFS. What about DFS for a guy like uh, who's going to be a, a bottom feeder in Clive Walford? Clive Walford, the news on him is that he's most likely going to be the starting tight end for this team. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans and Oakland were actually two of the worst teams against tight ends last season. There's just not a strength on this New Orleans Saints defense. So... You could definitely fire up a Clive Walford as a low-cost start throw. Um, other than that, if anybody you want to start here, you can't. If you, even if you want to start Dwayne Washington as a flex, I mean, it's a little bit of a risky flex, but he sounds like the number two guy to own there. They ranked him ahead of the other undrafted rookie on the depth chart. So it looks like he's going to be the guy to get some of that third down work, to get some of that change of pace work from Latavius Murray. But still expect Latavius Murray to get hits, especially in a week one matchup against a bad defense like the Saints. I'll tell you what, this is the thing for Latavius Murray. This is a great opportunity, a fantastic opportunity for him to kind of exercise some demons from last year. Because remember two years ago where he had that game on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, where he had a, what was it? A, Thursday night. A Thursday night football, right. 88-yard touchdown, something 80 like 80-yard touchdown. It was like four carries for like 100 and whatever yards, and then, and then he got hurt and he was gone. And then last year, you know, everyone waiting for him to have these type of big runs, and he just didn't have them. So this game on the turf, inside the dome, presents him an opportunity, especially with Derek Carr advancing as he has, if they're able to, to and if he's as good at reading defenses as I think he is, you know, to really, you talk about how Teddy Bridgewater was setting up Adrian Peterson. I think Derek Carr can really set up Latavius Murray this week. At the flip side, if uh, Latavius can't get it going, uh, owners are going to be bummed out. Oh, yeah. they, 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 they drafted him quite high, and panic buttons will be being pressed throughout the world of fantasy football. Um, should be exciting. Let's, let's flip on to the other side, uh, unless you got anything else to say. Um, Let's talking about the tight ends. We actually have a question from Aaron Alzamora, um, and Aaron was uh, asking earlier about Sims uh, in the Atlanta game, but we covered that one pretty well. But in this question, he says, um, "Do you think that the Raiders will still get worked by tight ends this year?" Which brings Fleener into the conversation for tight end one for this week. 
Um, remember last year the Raiders were getting eaten up and chewed up by the tight end position for fantasy football. What are your thoughts on Fleener this week uh, going against that uh, Raiders defense? Is, is Fleener a guy that you're high on? I'm high on Fleener. I absolutely am high on Fleener. You know, are you high on paint Fleener? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm high on life and a lot of other things. I'm, at, um, I'm on acetone. I'm on Fleener. I'm on, so yeah, Fleener is going to be a top five tight end in our rankings. I think he's second to only or third to only Gronk and Reed. And Reed's matchup is ridiculous this weekend. Uh, so that, that he's going to rank real high. Tight end one, sure, he's got the chance. We've got a Drew Brees led, led team that loves to throw to the tight end position. We've got a team give, giving it up to the tight end position last year. And, you know, the guy they drafted to be a potential tight end stopper in Carl Joseph, he's not a starter this week. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking at Reggie Nelson and Nate Allen. And Nate Allen's been a guy who we've seen burn numerously by opposing tight ends in his career, you know, in, in Philadelphia. So this, this you is usually see, you usually get to know who he is because you can see his name as the tight ends running by him and they've got the camera and you can read his name <laughs> chasing him down the field. I mean the rest of this offense this this is a, gonna be a high scoring game. No matter how much we think this this defense has improved, this is the New Orleans Saints on opening night or opening day at home in the Superdome. Like what what do you expect? Uh, it's the only over under. No, the, uh, the, there's not. There's it's only it's one of two over unders that's over uh, one of three that's over fifty, 50. points. Yeah. So this is a fantasy dream matchup, and you know you could piece together lots of different lineups. You know, stacking Drew Brees and his weapons, stacking uh, Derek Carr and his weapons. So well, so here's the big question because I think this is the one that everybody's got right now. So you know that you're going to start Brandon Cooks in this matchup, but then you're looking at you got a Willie Sneed and you got Michael Thomas, and we've I like everything that I've been seeing from Michael Thomas in the, in the preseason. Is he surplanting him on the depth chart for this one? Or are they still having Willie Sneed as the number two? Have you seen Willie yeah, Sneed, Sneed in the preseason the two, as well? Sneed has been. In like more snaps than any guy in the preseason, this he's, is, he's looks friggin' awesome. This is my point. So I'm a Sneed lover. I used to call him like the, the so who's my question is, he's he's the principal now. Like is he is is he gonna be able to flourish because defense because the Raiders are gonna focus on Brandon Cooks in this matchup? Is he gonna be the sneaky play this week, or is it gonna be because of all the things that he's been doing in the preseason, and now all of a sudden he gets the attention? This is where it becomes. Really interesting, especially for DFS players when you're looking at, well, who's the value and which is the right guy to play in this matchup that's going to have the best explosion. Before you go to State Party, that's the beauty of having a quarterback that can throw for over 5,000 yards and will chuck the ball over 600 times. And probably in this game, something like 50 times. And <laughs> he could put up a crazy stat line because he's Drew Brees at home. Like... Uh, I think all, all these guys are interesting plays. I, I think Sneed's a wide receiver three this week with Michael Thomas as a potential flex option. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram's probably a borderline top 10, top 12 running back this week. The depth chart behind Mark Ingram, lots of question marks there with mm-hmm. how they've been using Daniel Lasco and Tim Hightower and C.J. Spiller. That's something I want to see play out is how much they use C.J. Spiller and, you know, all this talk this preseason, none of those other guys besides Ingram, I'm going to trust to put in a lineup 
but you know we've, that's something we got to monitor for later in the season. And the, and the thing I really want to see from Mark Ingram: Are we going to still see the pass catching Mark Ingram that we saw last year? Because if he this is the time where if he if he puts it on full display, then wow, I'm really again once another guy another year still behind Mark Ingram for another strong season. Nice. That game's going to be fun to watch. And let's be honest. NFL Red Zone is going to be a great time, and I can't wait for in about five games for Houdini to complain that there's only three afternoon games. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, because they screwed your eight box by putting nine games on in the morning, why don't you just put four in the afternoon and have eight? We'll say, I was going to wait until this, we came to it. Oh, wait. I, I you stole, brought it up. I stoked. I, you I, did. I, 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 I hit the dragon. I hit the dragon. I, I, I stoked the beast. Um, all right. The holes are burning. <laughs> the Chargers at the Chiefs. This is a game that OC is going to be have his pants down while he's watching. Um, what? Why? Ah, he loves the Chargers and he loves all these AFC AFC West games. Um, what do you What are you expecting? Let's start with George. The guy who's a big Georgia guy is a big is a big West Coast uh, AFC West fan. OC, OC is a, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a hard read. You feel the onion and you just don't know what you're going to find. God bless him. Uh, actually, OC will give you a congrats. Getting married here in about three weeks. Hey, hey. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Um, good, good deal. Good, good deal. And the Chargers are his squad. What do you, uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Obviously, let's just start with the Chargers. Let's start with that backfield. Danny Woodhead. I got, I got one for O.C.'s wedding, though. Yeah. And I'm not searching on a girl just to fuck her. Why not? Because it's mean. No, 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 no. Mean is when I made Jess Mancini ride her bike home after I ass-fucked her. <laughs> Go ahead, Stan Carter. <laughs> this, is, this is a tough, a little bit of a tough one to gauge. I mean, the last three games that the Chargers have played against, the Chiefs, they have scored a combined 13 points. Uh, Hold on, I was thinking about the bicycle <laughs> ride. What, what was that again? The Do last, you need that? I need this. The last three games that the Chiefs have played, or the last three games that the Chargers have played against the Chiefs, they have scored a combined 13 points. Uh, so, the Chiefs have had their number the last, wow. last season, season and a half. Uh, Especially with all these sort of moving parts, um, uh, you know, everybody's sort of new on this Chargers team, or looks new. They shined it up for you. They shined up Melvin Gordon this preseason to where he's breaking off big plays. Danny Woods had—you can't really shine that guy up anymore. He's been spit shined so much in his career. We know what he is. <laughs> uh, God bless. God bless. That's a dumb man. That's, yeah. a, that's all I know. Yeah. Even uh, the thing I loved about Woodhead, and I'll let you keep going. Every one of those big plays that Gordon made, Woodhead was on the field. And I'm not saying that he was the reason that those, but they're playing those guys together a ton, and I love that. It's it's not. It's, it, it, those guys are playing together a lot. There's gonna be a lot of opportunities. Go on, buddy. <sighs> Keenan Allen, you know, we've got to see what he can do. You know, coming back off that lacerated kidney, is Travis Benjamin a good fit for this offense like we think he is? But Keenan Allen potentially has a real tough matchup going against Marcus Peters, one of the you know outstanding young rookies last year. Outside of that, who else is there to talk about? You know, Tyrell Williams, 
uh, exciting young player, you know, third on the depth chart, made some explosive plays late last season. And Antonio Gates. And I hope that he. I hope that he's not Chris Johnson 2.0. Uh, I mean, uh, Chris. Uh, not, who's the guy from the Vikings? Uh, the, the, the Charles 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 Johnson. Charles Johnson. There's always these like guys that shine in yep. preseason, and there's a little buzz about them heading into the heading into the, uh, the NFL season, and then once the NFL season, they just disappear. So. Uh, you know, you never know which coach speak, coach speak, or uh, beat writer over overviewing a lot of passes, passes being caught in practice by a guy that nobody knows. Yeah, I, I think that uh, my outlook on this for like Philip Rivers this week, I think, is a little bit better um, with Keenan Allen in there. It makes a huge difference for him. That 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 guy really helps the offense move as well. Um, I, I I just. I look at it with with, uh, with San Diego. This is not a week that I would feel confident starting really most most of these guys. Um, if I, you know, as a guy who owns Keenan Allen in the league, I'm not expecting a touchdown. I'm not expecting 100 yards. I'm, I'm hoping for PPR action. I'm hoping for like eight catches for like 80 yards and give me some give me the points that way. Um, it, it's just with this team who potentially might not be playing in San Diego. Uh, when the season's done, uh, with all the all the different stuff that they have going on, uh, again as you mentioned, all the new faces that they have, and, and and trying to get that continuity going, I don't think that. And again, now you're playing at Arrowhead. Okay, one of the harder places to play on the road. I, I'm not liking the matchup very much for them. So Philip Rivers, two of his three games with under double digit fantasy points came against the Chiefs last season. But they both did come with Keenan Allen out of the lineup mm-hmm. in Week 11 and Week 14. Uh, Antonio Gates, you know, Kansas City is one of the best over the last couple years defending the tight end position. So you know, he's not a great start this week, but sort of with the thinning out of the tight end position the last couple weeks in drafts, you know, Ebron questionable, Darius Green on the pup list. He's a guy you might have to start, uh, so he might be a guy who you're looking for PPR action from too. Let's not forget, Chiefs won 11 straight games to close out last year before that playoffs run. And let's not forget, Jamal Charles doesn't look like he's playing. Right? Uh, who should the owners be thinking about? So I love the Chiefs as a as a, they're going to be the winner of this game. I, I agree, but who's going to be the running back? Well, also. Before we finish up the San Diego Chargers, Justin Houston, their best defensive player, not going to be in the lineup this week. And he was really a big spark to their uh, defense when they started winning all those games last year. Uh, the starter running back is going to be Spencer Ware. Yes. Spencer Ware has been the guy all preseason. You know, Sharkandrick West, you know, went down with a little hamstring injury, missed some practice time. They prepare, like Spencer Ware, is their starting running back all offseason long. And now we're going to get to see that in week one and against the Chargers, you know, defensive unit that is not good. Spencer Ware is... You're being nice. Spencer Ware is going to be highly, highly owned in DFS tournaments and also in cash games. He's going to be very highly owned there. So you're going to need to go contrarian, you know, here and there against Spencer Ware. But... He's, he should have a great... Here and there against Spencer Ware. You're good. Here, <laughs> there, and Spencer Ware. <laughs> Go on, All Stan. right. That's for all, all right. old people, the Beatles, sir. Yes. Good. Yeah, you, I lost it. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know it was over your head. Uh, 
Spencer Ware is the guy to own. Sharkandrick West, you know, could be in there as a secondary compliment. So could Niall Davis. But Don't say so, those words to D-Rex. Yeah. But so potentially could Jamal Charles. Uh, they're saying he's unlikely to play, but they're also saying if he does play, it's likely on a snap count restriction. So if he's in there, I'm not comfortable really starting him, you know, even though the matchup looks prime for a Jamal Charles breakout. I, I like Travis Kelsey in this matchup. Um, you know, the one thing that I have the question is, okay, how I feel good about Macklin too. Is there a chance, and we talked about how, you know, now you have uh, Peterson who's gone, so we have new offensive coordinator. Are, is Alex Smith going to open it up, and, and is there another receiver outside of Macklin that may be in DFS or anything is even worth exploring or looking at on this team? I know Stag Party's hated his guts all offseason, but Conley is going to come back, as I predicted. He is the wide receiver, too, after it's all said and done. It's not Albert Wilson or whatever the hell that guy's name is. I still think Conley's talent is going to prevail. I don't think he's going to be a great player. I'm not calling him out in this game, but I think over the season he is going to have some best ball opportunities, some big games where he's going to shine because he's just got that talent, and I think he's going to get he's going to get the duck butter, uh, the re- coverage, and Conley I think will surprise people on a few instances this season. Not this game. <laughs> San, San Diego has great corners. They've got great corners. I mean, Casey Hayward signed from Green Bay. Um, Casey Hayward signed from Green Bay. Also, Jason Verrett, very underrated. They added another quarter in the draft. And Steve Williams, who's got who's made some plays. You know, these guys are great, great corners. And we've seen them shut down pretty much everybody last season. In terms of fantasy points, San Diego was a top 10 defensive unit uh, in, just against wide receivers. I mean, they were fourth, just allowing 19.2 points a game. This is the strength of their defense. And, you know, looking for any of these receivers to go off is sort of a hard play. But that's the reason to like Kelsey this week. And, you know, Macklin's just going to get volume. We've mm-hmm. seen, but two of Macklin's, you know, worst games last season came against these San Diego Chargers. And one of the things, just to do a quick pyro promo, I won't go into this too long, but... Um, Moving on after this week and moving through each week on Pyromaniac.com, we will have our Pyro Power Rankings, which will show you these kind of stats where if you're looking at uh, a Jeremy Macklin and you can go and you can see who he's playing against this week and you can find out if that defense he's going against are great against the wide receivers. Is this defense bad against a tight end? Are they marginal? Are they higher? And this is a great piece to check out on our site. Um, on a weekly basis, pyro power rankings. If you're on the fence, if you're looking at how, what kind of matchup, what kind of defense and situation one of your players has this week, pyro power rankings is the de facto piece to look at to get that kind of information. When Stag Party's throwing out top five defense against a, you know a tight end, or wow, this is a great situation for that uh, that wide receiver. So. Be on the uh, lookout, and if you guys listen to us a lot of time, you use this already. So good times, fired up to get back into that. One. And the other thing about that is that 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 piece itself gets so much stronger as as the season goes on because you get more and more data. Yeah. So as that happens, and especially for this is why people can dominate in their fantasy playoffs is because you're looking at this information and you're saying, oh, 
this is a horrible matchup for my guy. I need to adjust my lineup thusly. And if you don't do that, those are the teams that just start the same lineup every week, and then they get into the playoffs and go, why did I lose? Well, one of the things that we do, and one of the reasons why Pyromaniac is awesome, is our, uh, is our visceral graphics and our just cutting-edge graphics and stuff. And I think three years ago, the Pyro Power Rankings was um, all built around the Praying Mantis. Then last year, it was all built around Elephants. And then two years ago, it was elephants. Last year, it was horses, powerful horses. I haven't figured out what the beautiful animal... Do I get to choose? Well, you can give some ideas. What do you want? Giraffe. Giraffes are my, like, mascot. Are they powerful, though? Have you tried to... Have you seen a giraffe... Have you tried to tackle one lately? Have you seen a giraffe, like, strutting down the Serengeti? Fair enough. Alright, I, I see, yeah, and I saw a bunch of like wolves and hyenas hang, hanging on and pulling a thumb. I'm down with the giraffe. You want a giraffe? Is that better than a water buffalo? Oh, yeah. Right. Fair enough. Then we'll do giraffes. Call now. Pyro Power Rankings. The, 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 the animal this year is a giraffe. Stag Party does the piece, Stag Party gets to call the animal. <laughs> we should have gone in and just say no in the opening music. Instead of going from that into, into yeah. Little Feet, you should have gone into that. Yeah, but you know what? I like the closer. I'm going to play even better. So I opened up Little Feet. So it's Little Feet. Time Loves a Hero. We're closing. Uh, this, these are all this that I'm playing. These two songs uh, tonight are from uh, the live album recorded in 1988 or 98. Oh, crap. I got I to pull that up here. Probably 88. Yeah, 1988, Waiting for Columbus. Yeah. Fantastic live album. Uh, I, I wanted to play Fat Man in the Bathtub. I wanted to play a bunch of these other songs, but I can never not play Willin. And that will be my closer. Great song. I'm not, you know, this, this shows I'm always the funk guy, but look, I got a wide breadth of music. I love all music. And this, 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 song, this track's killer. Trump has little hands. Hillary's got little feet. See, we're 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 crossing the aisle. We're 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 we're, we're equal opportunity here. All what right. do we got? We've got the and Buffalo, they're from the South. We've got the Buffalo Bills versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Battle yeah. of the bees. Bang, brother! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rex Ryan facing that team that he you know loves so much in the Baltimore Ravens. Um, got him his first pretty much head coaching job for that strength of that defense that's not as strong anymore. We'll get to see Tyrod Taylor against a very weak secondary. We get to see Sammy Watkins running full speed. And one interesting stat from uh, Pro Football Focus was that Danny Wood had ran more routes last season than Sammy Watkins. That's crazy. I mean, it's insane how much how many snaps he has. That's that's crazy. So, Let's hope that that changes considering yeah, yeah. he's on every one of my teams, Sammy Watkins. Well, let's remember he was also hurt, and this is a very run-based offense. So, But he, get, I think he only ran 376 routes or 370 routes, according to PFF. But well, he was targeted on 33% of those. I mean, something like 110, was that his targets, or 97? 
uh, something along those lines. So, very highly targeted when he is in the passing game, and I think we'll definitely see that against the Ravens, who have struggled uh, in the backfield. Pretty much all their guys have been up and down and up and down the last couple years. They moved Webb over to safety now, back to corner, back to safety. I don't even know what position he plays anymore. Um, other guys, he had 96 targets in 13 games last year. He had 128 targets in his rookie season. Mm. So, this defensive backfield should be prime for Sammy Watkins. Uh, Charles Clay, you know, Baltimore Ravens are one of the tougher teams against opposing tight ends. So, he's not a great streaming option if you're looking for that tight end. Um, you're not going to start Robert Woods. No, you're not going to start, start Robert Woods. You're not going to start these other wide receivers. Um, so, Sammy Watkins, Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy. we got to see what this Baltimore Ravens run defense well, can be. Because they've been one of the best over the last five years. But last year, they gave it up. And we'll now, see. Now, here's the thing that's going to be interesting to me. Because Tyrod Taylor is the ultimate question mark for me. Because... This is an opportunity for him to really perfect shine time to this week. Up as Stags goes yeah. the league. Well, but but this is the perfect time for him to shine this week because um, you do have this horrible secondary of Baltimore, and yes, we know that Rex Ryan and 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 Buffalo wants to be this run centric team, um, but the difference that that we have here is that you know we're talking about the Sammy Watkins. I, I think they're going to open it up. Look. Tyrod Taylor is, is a smart quarterback. He did not turn the ball over, what, but six times last year. This is a guy who can do it with his legs. He can extend the plays. You know, the Robert Woods and all these other guys, they're just complimentary guys. It's going to be enough out there to be able to spread the field and, and keep it going. But again, the matchup against the secondary is going to create opportunities where you can take shots down the field. And how can you take shots down the field? Well, it's by establishing the run. So they are going to do it the old-fashioned way. They are going to use the run to set up the pass. And they're going to, but but I, but the problem with that is that I think it's it's going to stunt it a little bit. This is where this is where I'm, I, this is a great test of will Rex Ryan adjust to game situation. Because this is one of those situations, if you want to uh, um, compare it to like a, a baseball pitcher, when you go into this matchup against the Ravens defense that has been traditionally strong against the run, but weak against the pass, yes, I know you want to be a running first team. You need to pitch backward. You know, you need to stop opening with the fastball, open with the, open with a uh, breaking stuff. So you want to know what? Line up with that heavy offense and Sandy Watkins as your one lone wide receiver and stack in the box and run play action on the first play of the game. And take a shot. You know, it's one of those things, but the, the problem is with Rex Ryan type offenses is that this is the problem. When you take that shot, you only have one option. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I never trust Rex Ryan offenses all that much. He's there's just I hope here's what I'll say. Ty God has got an opportunity to start strong here. Yeah. And I hope he I hope you can uh, I hope you can seize on that opportunity. Um, the one thing that the Bills did that was smart as hell, well, he did get that big contract. It's kind of a big contract if you perform this year. So I love the way that they got, they got they got Tyrod right where they want him on him continuing that smart play, not making mistakes, taking chances, and becoming just the bona fide franchise quarterback for the next six years. All right, so I've got a three-hour podcast in the middle of our three-hour podcast about what the Baltimore Ravens are. Yeah, <laughs> tell me uh, about it. Who knows? 
I mean, it could be, you know, Steve Smith coming out with the vengeance in the first week. Uh, we've seen him be a very hot starter. Uh, Joe Flacco's looked pretty good, you know, throughout the preseason. His knees look good. He's been able to move around. Uh, so I'm not too worried about Joe Flacco. Benjamin Watson lost for the season. Yep. Dennis Pitta, you know, potentially getting in there. Crockett Gilmore. Dennis, can we just pause here? Dennis Pitta. Who was the guy that you know, had a second? We can't. We cannot pause here because that'd be a moment for silence for Dennis Pitta, and there shall not be another moment of silence for Dennis Pitta I'm on just the amazed, final podcast. I'm just amazed that this mother effer is still around, and he's going to become fantasy relevant again this year. Potentially, I mean, him or Max Williams or Crockett Gilmore. This is a team that you know likes to use their tight ends. They like to use two of them. I mean, we've got Rashad Perriman coming back. We've got, you know, uh, oh my God, we've got Mike uh, Wallace. Who's uh, Chris the, Moore, you got. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going there. I know. I'm not going there yet. I, I think we're going to be more. we got Kamar Aiken. Which of these four wide receivers are we are we looking at as being the top option? I'll take Kamar I'll, I'll take, I'll take Aiken. I'll, I'll put my, my money behind Kamar Aiken and Steve Smith in week one. And I say Kamar Aiken, if I'm going to play, to, play, to play safe, I'll play Kamar Aiken. If I want to play to try to try to hit it, I'm going Steve Smith. And Other then, than that, I'm not touching him. And then which one plays in the slot? Because that's very yeah. important with Ronald Darby and his excellent rookie season. I think I think you're, you actually will probably see more of uh, Steve Smith in the slot. No, I'd actually go the other way, just because Steve Smith is a guy that he he dominates outside. He loves to work those outside corner routes and and, and throwing guys off of him and then running down the sideline. He's not, you know, he has Stevie fists, but at the, at the same time. He's a guy that just runs crazy routes on the outside with his quickness against those bigger uh, defensive backs that he terrorizes. And we'll see if he still has that. Well, that's the whole thing. We're going to find out coming back off that injury. And now we're going to get to the running backs where they release Justin Forsett and then re-sign him to the exact same deal. Uh, And they still sound like he's going to be the starting running back in town. And then they've got Terrence West, who they expect to use sparingly. And what is the game by doing that? I'm oh, okay. By it. So basically, it's, it's, it was a roster it's a cap game. Hit or is it no, it was a roster game. So they had 55 players on their roster yeah. in theory. But by releasing Justin Forsett, who is not subject to waivers because of how long he's been in the league, oh. they can therefore re-sign him without a risk of him getting claimed by another team like a younger corner. But what they wanted to do is put two guys, I think Chris Canty and Matt Elam, on IR. But remember how we talked about they have to be on the 53-man in order to, uh, go in order on to potentially come back at midseason? Yeah. Um, that allowed them to do that. So they released four set, gave them... You know, some so bonus do you, do you money. Think, do you yeah, hundred grand like, if he does better. And do you think it was one of those like quiet things like Justin, we're going to cut you, but we're doing this for the team? And oh, and oh yeah, that yeah. was a handshake deal. Handshake deal. Handshake And you know, Jim Harbaugh said he's the, the smartest coach in all of football, college and NFL, and NFL is his brother John. So well, he's, he's definitely a, the smartest Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not going there. <laughs> oh, I am. He is. Yeah. He's smarter than the dad. He won a championship yeah. over over Jim. Yeah, the dad. Well, let's say that. Best shopper though, Target is Jim. <laughs> oh. Chinos and Sharpies. 
Let me tell you. Well, remember, he's got to wear Nike brand now, or or was it Jordan brand? Yeah, it's Nike brand. Those, those Jordan, Jordan, I think. Are the, are the, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. The team's Jordan. That's why, that's why Jordan and Jeter were at that game on uh, on Saturday. The Jordan brand is the team like sponsor, but I think cool. Nike Nike is making khakis especially for Jim Harwell. Nike khakis, Nike khakis. That that's not golf because we, you told me that Nike golf. Rest in peace, right? Well, Nike Golf equipment, not Nike Golf apparel. Mm. So they'll still do... They'll always do apparel. Come on. Always apparel. Always apparel. Always apparel. Well, Nike... Stags, Stags told me that Nike got out of the golf game because the uh, the sponsorship or the tech... The, the R&D is too expensive and they just didn't... Yeah, it's easier to make shoes than it is to make golf clubs. Yeah. And Let me when, tell you, I know. The main guy that made them all their money their first 15 he years ain't no of good it. anymore. Yeah, Tiger. <laughs> not, not bringing the cash no more. All right, so I'm not... I'm When I look at these running backs, I'm just as confused as everybody. Like, I'm not going to start any of these guys with, you know, reckless abandon against this team, even though the Bills were a middle-to-average... Uh, defensive unit last season. I, I'm not, I can't start any of these players with any sort of fluster and gusto. And I, oh, I'm all in on this guy and this week. I will hope all you listeners that you're not in a situation where you're like, well, but I drafted Terrence West as my running back too. I sure hope not. Because I mean, even in zero zero RB, you didn't get that deep. No, and I'm <laughs> tell you this, and this is the thing too. This is a type of a, a running back. This this is a community. Yes. So in this community, you need to wait and kind of wait things out and kind of see how it lays out before you're going to decide what to do. So I wouldn't touch it like you're saying, especially like in DFS. This is not a week that even to touch any of these guys in DFS because you really don't know. And we need to see. We need to get a little bit of tape on all of it to see where is it all laying out. Who who is really doing the right things on the offense uh, before you commit. And this could still change in a couple weeks when yeah. Kenneth Dixon returns. That's not supposed spring. to be till like week four to six is from yeah, what I'm week four probably. Uh, Sprayton's what? He, I'll tell you what though. Here, here's here's the situation with Ken Dixon. Let's just take a quick sidebar here and look foreshadow to the future. Uh, if Ken Dixon is sitting there on your waiver wire in your leagues, if you have a, a, a spot on your bench that you can burn. Um, and, and maybe you, you don't even have to react on it right now because he's going to be out of the minds because he's not going to play for the first three, four, four games of the season. But by after week three, you had better if you want if you're looking at this running back core, he is the guy that they really do believe is the future of what they're going to do there. So here is what I'm telling you now: if you can stash him, grab it now and, and, and wait. If you if you were sitting there going like you got D'Angelo Williams, I'm going to be running this for the first half of the thing. I need someone to kind of come in and, and replace it once Le'Veon Bell comes back and, and, and takes over that spot. Kenneth Dixon, not that he's going to be. In that regard, is a true workhorse number one, but he will be the most effective running back from week six on through the end of the season. I like that more in a dynasty league. For me, I'm taking a rain check on the whole team. I think in one league, I got uh, I got Flacco as my QB three. I like I think second last pick of it all. Just. Just to just in case, and I think in that league I had Tom Brady uh, that I drafted, uh, so that it was it, and and Cousins. So if Cousins got hurt in the first four weeks, that at least I had Flacco or somebody to go there. But that team is I want to watch the first three weeks for every position, yeah. and I want to see you uh, how many beers you're going to drink in 
run something by you before I pitch it to the director. Sure. What is it? In the comforting scene? Yeah. I thought that maybe a little kiss might add some pathos. Kiss? Yeah, nothing crazy. More in love than lust. You're playing my brother. All right, we good with this game? Said it. All right, before we get to the next game, listen to this. All right, all right, Chicago Bears. We're doing it. We're doing it. Who knows if we're doing it well? That's the question. But we got the Chicago Bears are going to be down in Texas and uh, facing the Houston Texans. Whew. Who knows what to expect? The Bears. J.J. Watt's supposed to play. He's J.J. Watt's playing. And, um, you know, the Bears are another one of these teams kind of like the Ravens. What to expect, what to think. Well, the Bears have so good in the preseason. I'm yeah. sorry. No, <laughs> Holy shit. God, God. they've been shit burgers all preseason. How many texts I got this preseason? Literally, it just said this. From people on threads, from people outside. Like, Bears look good. Bears look That's all it is. The Bears look good. But at first, like, there was one time when I was even watching. Like, whoa, I wasn't back yet. I was like, are they lighting it up? And then I come back, like... Alright, they're already the worst. <laughs> 13 yards of total offense at half. Well, let me let me just say this, okay? So, a couple interesting moves by the Bears in the last week. Um, you get Josh Sitton. Yeah. This is a big this is a big boom for this team. Is it gonna really help in week one? No. I'm not buying that it's gonna open up things for Langford and whatever. But you do on the NFC have a guy in uh, now as your, as your two starting guards because they move Kyle Long back to, to, uh, to uh, is it to right guard or left guard? I can't right guard. Right guard. Hey, I got right guard. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm saluting, raising my hand. Oh no, that's short. Um, uh, and you got sitting going to play the left guard. These are two guys that have been right guard in, even around anymore. I don't know. I don't know if they are. He's just so you know, since we're on the podcast. Houdini says right guard and then lifts his shoulders up and then puts the owner in on. I don't think right guard's even around. I think right guard is still, they gotta still be around. Sure, raise your hand if you're sure. I don't know if they're around anymore. I know um, that you're wearing pantyhose. Those are still around. Yeah, they are. Me and Joe Namath. Sure is a woman's deodorant. No, no, that's secret. Oh, you're Striving right. up for a man. Right. A pH balance for a woman, bitch. <laughs> My wife's in advertising. I know my advertising. So Uh, so my point is this, is that you actually have for the Bears, uh, they're moving Cody Whitehair, who's the rookie, over to center, who's a hell of a lot better than Ted Larson, who sucked ass. So you're going to have a strong core in the middle. I don't really know what you got on your outside with um, Bobby Massey and um, Charles Leno. Charles Leno. That that may be where where it all starts to fall apart a little bit. But... um, in this matchup against Houston's defense with J.J. Watt playing, uh, I, I think it's going to be bad news for the Bears. Like, if you're sitting here looking at like Kevin White, a guy that you're high on, and saying, okay, this is going to be... I've come down to earth on it. Yeah, it, it, it's... it's Long-term, it's, I'm It's a long-term thing, and I think that you really get, you know, I'm... I'm pushing him. I have him in a keeper league, a dice league where he's on the practice roster. He's going to have to prove it before I'm going to activate him this year. Otherwise, I get to wait till next year and hope for the magical, which Don Maddock always hated, was the third-year wide receiver. But, you know what, I may have to hope for it. Um, Alshon, how much? I, I'm just scared for the Bears in this one. I, I have a feeling, okay, you're in Texas. It's still going to be like 100 degrees or whatever. He's going to pull his hamstring again. 
Oh, boy. But it is an indoor stadium. Yeah. We're in a new spot. But he's still going to pull a hamstring. I agree. It's not going to be the stadium conditions. It's going to be his, his, uh, his, his off-season conditioning. Remember, he was the cheeseburger guy when he, when he got here. He was, he was about uh, 240 pounds. Thick as hell. So until he pulls his hamstring, he's going to be heavily targeted. No doubt. I mean, this team, you know, Zach Miller's a question mark. You know, Kevin White's a question mark. Eddie Royal? That's the third wide receiver? Like, it's Alshon Jeffrey and, like, Lankford. And Lankford hasn't proven to be a competent pass catching back at all. So, uh, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's going to get heavily targeted. His matchup going against Jonathan Joseph, not great for him, but still, targets rule all. You know, he's probably a wide receiver too, hopefully look, for you. Look, 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 let's, let's quantify that here for you too, because targets does matter. And even if you have a tough matchup with a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, you're talking about targets. What you're talking about is 50-50 balls. Well, what is Alshon Jeffrey really good at? 50-50 balls. So give him a chance. He can go up there and let him battle Joseph. He'll probably win that battle more often than not. Here's the one thing I want to make clear. We give Alshon Jeffrey a lot, a of, lot shit. of shit. When he's playing as a football player that doesn't really work very hard on his craft, as we've heard before, he doesn't. he's not like a hard off-season trainer. He's a sick football player. This is a guy that if he actually put – the effort behind, if he did the Jerry Rice technique where he got the most out of his talent, he'd be one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. When he's playing and healthy, and even not even so healthy, he is awesome. So as much as we shit on him because we're Bears fans and we've have got some good close-to-home stories about people that know him and have worked with them and all this stuff... The guy, if Alshon Jeffrey plays 16 games this season and is able to stay healthy and good, holy crap, he's going to be, he's a top five, top seven wide receiver. Well, and here's the one thing you do have going for you if you're drafting him. He has to. He's on a franchise tag. I, he doesn't have to. Well, but if he wants to get the big paycheck, if he wants the big paycheck, he can't be playing 10 games this year. He's got to be playing at least 14 games. Well, I don't know how many games i got to be playing this year. How many? Sudan. Those are some lucky Sudanis. That's called Sudanans, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> My Valve airline spilled all over the place. Did you throw this to me? Why is that thing all shifted up? It's your fridge. You have the exploding beer cans out of that fridge. <laughs> you can't have cans. You have to have bottles. You can't I'm the Alshon Jeffrey of Valve <laughs> Yeah, your cans have hamstring injuries. <laughs> all right, moving over to the Texan side. You gotta like the Texans matchup in this oh. game a lot more than you gotta like the Bears. Uh, like every corner just returned to practice today. Tracy Porter and <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Fuller just got back to practice after concussions and a knee scope, respectively. So we'll we'll see if those guys can make it around and play. Uh, on Sunday, but yeah, even if they don't play, you're not worried about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Cecil Shorts, we talked about previously, was released from this team, so you got to like Braxton Miller in the slot, not necessarily in this game. He, he, maybe he's like a, a four for fifty. Or I'll tell you what, those type of guys here's, early. Here's the thing that I look for. Okay, I, I look for Nuke to have a big game because the one thing that we have seen throughout the preseason, whether whoever has been out there is you see miscommunications in the secondary and guys breaking big plays against the Bears' defense. 
So whether it be Demarius Thomas or whatever. So the guy who I look for, uh, I don't know what his DFS price is going to be in, in, in uh, DraftKings or in uh, uh, FanDuel, but uh, Will Fuller is going to get by the Bears. Now, will he catch the ball once he gets by the Bears is going to be the question. But I like the opportunities that he's going to have in this matchup. And the Bears, you know, over the course of the last few seasons, have struggled with wide receivers with speed. Yes. Will Fuller is a guy with a lot of that. Uh, so Fuller's an interesting play in DFS, interesting maybe flex play at tops at wide receiver. I like personally in redraft leagues to sort of see a rookie in week one. Before I play him, yeah, that's just sort of my style, especially if he's not the number one. Like knowing Amari Cooper was going to be the number one sort of change. Well, and, and Fuller has—he's coming with hype, but that's the one thing: is that hype going to affect him in his DFS place? I haven't looked and see what no, it is. It's, it's, remember, he's those not things come with out that much hype. He's not coming with that that much hype. He was uh, he was the first of that run of well, the first was, rounder, but it was a surprise pick where he it was. was a lot he of was guys. actually I thought it was a major reach because yeah. the guy had problems with drops in college, and this was always a knock on him. And, and so when you have a guy that has drops, it's like I don't care. You can keep getting open, but if you don't catch the damn ball, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to throw you it anymore. Yeah, especially since they banned Stickham apparently. Oh <laughs> man, uh, he could have played back in the day. He could have been one of the best receivers. He would have been like, uh, who was that guy? On, uh, Jerry Rice. No, no, the guy on, uh, on, the, on the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh, no. Lesser Hates. Yes. The Just covered, covered in stickum. The guy, he was covered in stickum. <laughs> Best pictures ever. Lester Haynes. The ball hit him in the, in the thigh and stuck yeah, to him. Stuck to him. <laughs> do it. If, if, you're an, if you're a young uh, NFLer or fantasy football, do a Google search on Lester Haynes and look at this guy. He literally put like four bottles of Mueller was the brand. Stick them. <laughs> and this guy's hands were like a uh, quarter of an inch thick of just good. Not even hands. It was the entire arm. Yeah, arm. The arm. entire arm. And then he also like had it like, he had like, because he put it in yeah. his socks too. So he could grab more of it from his socks and then run it back on his arms. Oakland Raiders. <laughs> d- defensive back. It looked, like, it looked like, it looked like, it was like a goo that you could like see clumps of it just sticking on his head. So it was like, if he ever tried to deflect the ball, that's why he intercepted yeah, yeah. him. It's like, but can you imagine the quarterback trying to throw that ball? They're like, God damn, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just after he touched him. Oh my god! It's like as if he just punched a, a honey, a hornet's nest, and it has honey all over him. All right, back to Houston. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that part is not enough. You didn't know this, dude. Yeah, ridiculous. Holy crap! Yeah, it's insane. It's the, they made the stuff you illegal. You can see the, in the picture. You can see the clumps of it. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, Lamar Miller. Gotta like him going up against the Bears, too. Uh, Pretty much all the Houston studs you're starting. Brock Osweiler's even got a little bit interesting as a contrarian play in DFS with everybody likely to be on Dak Prescott and these other young guys at the quarterback position. Uh, He could be had for fairly cheap. So, something to keep aware of. You know, Will Fuller's been heavily targeted on blitz plays. How much of the Bears going to blitz uh, this, you know, makeshift offensive line? But that's, that's, this is the thing that I think is, that's going to happen, and that's why I think Lamar Miller is a great play. That you look at the Bears and the guys, it's a Vic Fangio defense, right? So you're trying to bring in these guys. You you have your you solidified your linebackers with uh, Trevathan and, Free, and, and, uh, and Freeman, right? Well, but the problem is that these guys that are on the defensive line for the most part, are guys that are mostly pass rushers. Your only guy that's a run stopper there is Eddie Goldman. 
So outside of him, who is really stopping the run? So you're bringing Leonard Floyd on the outside, you're asking him to rush the quarterback. Lamar Miller, Lamar Houston, I'm sorry, you're asking him to rush the quarterback. Um, uh, Willie, um, uh, with the fishing, yeah. Uh, Willie, yeah, you're asking him to rush the quarterback. So what happens is you get this over pursuit. And this is what we've been seeing in the preseason is that, yeah, the linebackers, Trevathan and uh, Freeman, are making the tackles, but they're making the tackles eight yards down the field. So this is one, especially when you add the speed of a guy like Lamar Miller, he should be able to break at least one big run, if not multiple in this game. The first line of defense for the Bears for opposing running backs is pretty much open season. As uh, as our boy Charlie Donsert used to say, uh, turnstile first line of defense on for the Chicago Bears in that D-line. Let's um, hit the next game. Let's hit it on. Let's yeah. move it on. This is the last game of the earlies, and it's the Packers are going to be down at the Jaguars. Stupid ninth game that I can't see on my on my 18 box. Quad box. No, it'll be uh, the Ocho. Ocho box? <laughs> Ocho Cinco box? What would you call that? that would be the the Octagon? The uh, Octamon. Octamon, yeah. Packers, Jordy Nelson, can you dig it? This guy has got the weight of the world on his shoulders. If something gets tweaked again, to be honest, with such a great offense, and everyone's, most people are calling that Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP, offensive MVP of the league. But has there ever been a white wide receiver that's ever had so many trickle down uh, issues or or or, or storylines coming from? Because anything happens to him, then all of a sudden they're on a free pass to be like, "Oh, Jordy's down." Of course, now. Freaking Cobb's gonna suck. You know, I'm worried. Like, to be honest, I know we all like Jordy. I'm worried about it. I think he's gonna overcompensate. I think this. I think he's gonna get injured again. I've not been high on Jordy. I, I think I have him. Maybe have him the lowest of every, all of us on our tiers. I think I had him in like 13 or 14. Because I'm not buying. They're saying he's 100 percent healthy, ready to go, gonna be fine for week one. You know what? I'm concerned about it. And the other reason that I'm really concerned about it is because. All the other defenses know after he was gone last year that they don't have to worry about Randall Cobb. They don't have to worry about Devontae Adams. So back in the day where it was like you had all these guys, like, what are you going to do? I got this guy. I got this guy. Jeff Janison's playing with one hand right now. So, you know, they're going to double cover Jordy and say, well, Randall, you can't beat me down the field unless it's the Bears blowing a coverage on you in the championship game for a touchdown to win, to win it. <laughs> what do you have? And we're not going to be scared of it. And the other problem is that Eddie Lacy is not the Eddie Lacy that, that Derrick Henry looks like he, he could potentially be, right? We're talking about these, uh, was he an Alabama guy? Alabama, yeah. yeah. yeah that's I mean, Eddie okay. looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, did he go to Alabama, right? <laughs> well, so, we're, it's because we're drinking and he's not. Yeah. We are so, we are. And he, he's not. But, but that's the problem is that, that Eddie Lacy to me is another guy that just had all the potential in the world to, to have all the talent, especially with the offense, with the amazing quarterback, with everything that you have going on. I don't know. It's it's a lot of pressure on Jordy. It's a lot of pressure on them to make sure that that running game is really working. Um, I, I I love Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I still I, don't I still I still think that you love Olivia Munn, uh, but I still like Aaron Rodgers from a fantasy aspect because it's one of those things where it's like I don't care if I don't know who all the pieces are. I still trust the guy who's running the show. He'll get it to the right people and he'll he'll put up his numbers. But he needs Jordy 
to be a top. That's why I had him as my number four of my of my top tier quarterbacks because I worry more about his his options than the others because he doesn't add as much of the uh, running aspect as he used to. Jordy's got to be elite to, for this whole team to click. I don't know if Jordy has to be elite. He just has to take off the top off the defense. He's got to be you know explosive and they. Remember, this is a team that sort of had everything go wrong on the offensive side of the ball. And he still threw for, what, 4,000 yards and 32 touchdowns? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's impervious, but he has a chance to be better with Jordan. He definitely has a chance to be better with Jordan. But everything went wrong. I mean, the run game stopped. And, hey, maybe Randall Cobb's better if Eddie Lacy's better. So, you know, you get those two things together where they could throw that quick slant route off a of play action where he looks like he's going to give the ball and then suddenly Aaron's facing the other way and then Randall Cobb's running up the seat. That used to be one of their staples of their offense and then without the run game it didn't work as well last year. So, you know, all these things, you know, they all look primed to be back. Uh, Jordy Nelson looks primed to be back, you know, in week one. Yeah, he'll be on a snap count. Great, but this is the Jacksonville Jaguars. This isn't, you know, one of the elite defensive teams in the NFL. They are an up-and-coming defensive team, and they are at least at home. They're at home, but this is going to be a track meet. It is. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> do, I mean, or do you think? What are, What are your feelings on Eddie Lacy? Let's just start with the Packers. Eddie Lacy, fantasy football. Do you like him as a start this week? Jordy, do you like him as a start? What are What are your thoughts, Cook? Is Cook, uh, Jared Cook, going to be? Uh, g- give me a give me a little overview, quick hit. What your thoughts in this game against this young Jaguars defense? What are your expectations for some of the players on uh, Packers? Eddie Lacy is a top ten running back. I think Randall Cobb is a top ten wide receiver. In Can Jordan- I ask you a question? Just because it's the first week, and I know we want to talk about the matchups, but it's different once the game's going to play. I know this week you like Eddie Lacy as a top ten. On the season, do you think he's going to have a great season, or do you just like this matchup? I like this matchup. I like Eddie Lacy on the season, but more like running back 10, you know, running back 11, right in that sort of range. I think I had him running back 12 all offseason long, and there you know, wasn't really any changes for me in his draft slot. Um, so I was, he was the back-end running back one for me. I, I'm, I'm still a little bit concerned for Green Bay in this sense of this matchup, okay? Because here's... The big stat, especially now that we know that Sitton is gone, okay, so you lose your, one of your big interior guards. This is a team that allowed Aaron Rodgers to be sacked 46 times last year, okay? He had only been sacked more than that two other times in his career. So that was a 50 and 51 sacks. And then, you know, the two previous years he was sacked 28 and 21 times. 46 sacks. If if they're allowing him to get, if they allow pressure to be put on him, and and we're in this situation again, where you're talking about, okay, well that's basically about three sacks a game. You know, they. I worry. This is just this is my concern. Is this line? Are you solidified? You know, I know that you know they they, they feel confident and they always keep bringing all these guys up, but. If you're not going to have the time to be able to throw the ball down the field to a Jordy Nelson, and then you're having to, then maybe this is where the Jared Cooks and all these other guys start coming up because you're going to have to start dumping it shorter or maybe hitting Randall Cobb on underneath. I just kind of feel that let's, that first quarter is going to tell it all. 
in the first two series, if he's if he has a solid pocket, look for a huge game for all these Packers. If he has a, a pocket that's collapsing after after one and a half two seconds, don't look for a great game. I think Rodgers will, will still give you one of those you know two two or three touchdown uh, two hundred eighty to three hundred yard games, but it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. This is a team in Jacksonville that's not great rushing the passer. We can't automatically assume that Dante Fowler Jr. is the next. Right, you're up Derek Thomas, right? Yeah, I understand. Like, I understand. This isn't a matchup where you have to worry about this uh, ferocious pass rush. This is just going to be a track meet. Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to do whatever he wants. But it's also going to be a perfect way uh, as a window or as a looking glass to the future. If he sacked twice in this game, be concerned. Just so you know. Marijuana is a window drug, and especially when gateway, you, gateway, not a window. Especially when you do it through glass bongs. <laughs> so Jared Cook, interestingly enough, isn't even listed as the starting tight end because that's Richard Rodgers. Uh, Got to look for you know both these tight ends to be involved, uh, especially Jared Cook, who's got that vertical sort of stretch play to his game, and that's something you know Richard Rodgers is one of the slowest players, did not have. Uh, skill position players in the league. Period. Uh, other guys you're looking for, you know, Randall Cobb and Jordan Nelson, I think they're both pretty good plays against this. You're starting them with draft them for sure. Uh, and then flipping on to the other side, you know, none of their guys got suspended in this little PD, uh, you know, HGH witch hunt from Al Jazeera. Uh, Which so was all. The only reason that happened is so that Brady or uh, Manning didn't look bad. Maybe. <laughs> I wish, I wish Dog was still on the show. That would be fun. There's <laughs> <laughs> no, no fun. It's almost... It's you can't bring up Manning with it. That used to be like... ripping on Manning without Dog around. Go on, Keep going. Because you'd be... You could say what you were saying and he'd be sitting across the way and you'd see him. He'd move up and he'd yeah. sit at the edge of his seat. So let me talk. Let me talk. I'm going to tell you about Manning and how wrong you are. <laughs> What? Let's just talk while before we let Stan Party go. Let's, what kind of beer are you drinking tonight? Dude? Oh, well, you know what I'm drinking? It's straight up. Uh, it, it, uh, it's, yeah. the, uh, it's the Storm King by Victory! I happen to be drinking an India Pale Ale by Avery Brewing Company, and it's a good time. Uh, and the music that you open up with, you already talked about it, Stag Party. Get into it, Jaguars. Uh, let's talk about their offense. I mean, if you look at the run game, you got to think that this is more of a TJ Yeldon game than a Chris Ivory game. Uh, TJ Yeldon being the pass catching component of that sort of duo, and you know, even being listed as the starter, expected to get a lot of first and second down work. So I expect Yeldon to have an all right game, uh, sort of in the 70, 80 total yards. Both out of touchdown, and Chris Ivory could potentially pull for one. Uh, if you're looking at Allen Robinson, you know he's got a fairly good matchup. But don't don't you feel like a guy like Allen Robinson in this matchup? Because this is one of those ones where I still feel like it's Jacksonville's trying to prove themselves, but they're going to be in a track meet trying to keep up with the Green Bay Packers. So in this one, this is still kind of like blueprint for what you saw last year, where it's going to be a lot of. You know, Blake Bortles who had the 600-plus uh, passing attempts last year. He's going to have 45 to 50 passes in this game. So you could expect 
your Alan Hearns to get a lot of targets. You can expect Alan Robinson to get a lot of targets. You could even expect Julius Thomas to probably get at least eight targets in this game. Um, I, I think this is, you know, there's going to be opportunities out there. I don't like the running game aspect from either one. I definitely don't like Chris Ivory. I agree that TJ Yeldon has a better opportunity, but I would be looking for a better option on my bench or uh, to start over him. Yeah, but you can get those receiving yards, yep. and I think he'll be a big proponent in this week. Uh, against wide receivers, they were middle of the road last season, the Packers, but they the were... Packers defense in general is, is not great. It's, it's sort of middle of the it's road. Right th- it's right there. So it's, the Jaguars can do what they want to do offensively against the defense. But they were introducing a lot of new players in that second uh, Demarius Randall was a young guy who converted from safety over to corner, uh, and then Quentin Rollins was playing basketball and then, and then converted over to corner. Like they've got some young guys with some talent out there. That's going to be interesting to see how they progress. Yeah. But it's not going to you know sort of deter my decision in starting either at, you know Allen Robinson as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or uh, Allen Hearns as like a wide receiver three flex this week. And then uh, the most interesting guy could be Julius. Thomas, uh, because you know the Packers were sort of just middle of the road against tight ends. I don't see a great coverage option for them to match up with Julius Thomas, especially on those quick slant routes uh, if, when they're not attacking the field vertically. So if you drafted these Jacksonville Jaguars to play in these high shootout games, this is a week you're playing them. Yeah, this is a good one for you. And if it pays off, it's great. And if it doesn't, there's not anything too much to worry about because there are a lot of miles to feed in this offense. And this is one of those teams where I love Bortles. I love the two, I love Ivory. I love Yeldon, Hearns, Thomas, and obviously Allen Robinson. But this is a team that we need to kind of see how is this going to manifest itself this year. Is this what is what do they have in mind going uh, as an offense? Perfect team and defense to go up against. Um, but. A lot of miles to be. Indeed. Hey, can, I, can I do a quick sidebar here? As, as, I, as, I, as I took a break from uh, just real quick from, from the podcast here and uh, relieved myself and had to come back, I want to ask you a question about your, your place here because beautiful place here in downtown Chicago with yeah. amazing views. Your neighbor, you must have, I don't know what it is, but every time I go into your bathroom, I hear music. Yeah. Coming from your neighbor. It's like Lady Gaga or some shit, right? Yeah. Do you want to know something? One, the only place you can hear it is through there. Two, about two weeks ago, I heard her getting fucking railed. <laughs> <laughs> and she kept me up. Like, literally, like, I went to bed early. I was like, at 12 o'clock. And I still don't even know who she is. There's a couple people that might be. One of them might got in the other. Just, all of a sudden, I woke up and I like, took a piss and came back. And I was just like, ah. I was like, holy fuck. I was happy for her. I wanted to, I wanted to not. After a while, it was like a really long time. I wanted to like knock and be like, all right, let's, 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 let's get this thing over with to whatever's going on here. But once I finally know who my next door neighbor is, because I know it's one of like three girls that are on the floor. I don't know. I just moved in here. Jits getting real. All right, next. <laughs> All right, next game. What's the next game? Dolphins at... Afternoon, right? Hey, afternoon. Houdini will be... Afternoon, delight. Dolphins at (laughs) Seahawks. We're going to breeze through this one to the point where I'm not going to say a thing. I'm not going to say anything. Let's breeze through this one and get caught up. I think we're doing pretty good. Uh, Well, okay, I'll tell you what. Okay, you got 
You got, you got Dolphins at the Seahawks. So let's start with the Dolphins. Uh, I do not like Ryan Tannehill in, in this matchup. Uh, I think that is a absolutely wrong way to go. Uh, when you're looking at Aaron Foster getting his first opportunity. Can I say one thing about Tannehill? Yeah. I said I was going to say a thing. You did it. Uh, I did. Uh, the one thing that Bennett, did you read the article today about Bennett um, that played with him at Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. said the best athlete on that Texas A&M team uh, when he was there was Tannehill. They had... Uh, Von Miller was on that team. The two Bennett, the Bennett, Bennett was on that team. He was like, this guy was cool. He was the sickest athlete ever. He's like, this guy can do any dunk you could ever imagine. The Bennett I'm talking about is plays for Seattle. Michael Bennett. Uh, Michael Bennett. Uh, the guy who just, says all kinds of ridiculous yeah, shit. should always take everything at 100% face value as the truth. But he's never ever said, he's never really saying good things about people. So when he says That's something true. good about somebody, it's it's something to, to or hear. Or is that a, a is that a reverse? Uh, uh, maybe maybe reverse that's all I'm gonna say. I don't know. He was just saying the best athlete on that team, above Von Miller and above a bunch of other players that are legit stars in the NFL now is Tannehill. All right, don't start Tannehill this week. <laughs> okay, um, Arian Foster, tough way to to, to to get your thing going. Um, and this is one of those ones, a guy, a disappointing, a disappointment this entire preseason, as you know, Stags. Devontae Parker, with his continued issues with hamstring injuries and everything else, is he going to be able to, to put it together? I don't think this is the week that I'm going to choose to find out. Um, you know, because he becomes one of those guys who's like a uh, borderline flex play, and, and I will look for a guy with a much better matchup than, uh, than going to him. Uh, so. No, I'm, I'm, I'm basically taking all of my Miami guys and I'm, and I'm throwing them under the bus and I'm saying, you stay under that bus until after this week. What about Jarvis Landry in the slot? You know what? I'll tell you what. You, with Jarvis Landry, play him especially only if you're in a league where you get credit for uh, return yards. Other than that. Um, but I'm not expecting him to do much returning anymore. Oh, that's right. Well... You know what? No, I'm not. I, I don't. I, it's not a strong play because you're not going to get a touchdown. And the problem is, how many catches are you going to need to get? And is he going to actually be able to extend some of these plays? I love him as a talent. I just think he's he's kind of in a, in a tough spot right now. Uh, this week, especially in this matchup, I just I just don't like it. I just think it's. I it, mean, Jarvis Landry is probably a flex play this week. At, at best, best. At, at best. best. Like, if you drafted him, you got to have a little bit of reservations against the Seattle defense, who's been, like, the last four seasons, uh, I think they finished first in points allowed in every single season. Uh, the rush game we talked about with Arian Foster, got to be a little bit concerned with him. You know, I don't know if he can run over Cam Chancellor and these other guys. I'm not excited. I'm trying to avoid Miami. I will not spend a single dollar there. In DFS, I'll tell you uh, that. How about, how about Seattle? Uh, Seattle, let's see. Things they've done today. You know, Jermaine Curse ahead of Tyler Lockett on the depth chart. Sort of expected after sort of seeing this preseason play out. Um, Jimmy Graham's a question mark, but it sounds like Nick Vanette, the rookie from Ohio State, he's not going to play. So Luke Wilson could be an interesting play at tight end. We know Miami doesn't have great linebackers, so he could be an interesting play. Uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, we've got to see how this offensive line plays because let's, let's, Miami does have a strong defensive line. 
They do. And so this is the question, because the biggest question that everybody has right now, Thomas Rawls, Christine Michael. Well, they're saying they can take it slow with Thomas Rawls, and I think Miami might be a team you can take it slow against. Uh, so maybe Christine Michael out-touches you know, Thomas Rawls this week. There's a chance of that. Uh, but Thomas Rolls has shown to be the more dynamic player last year and sort of over the course of their the careers in is Seattle. Everyone's, everyone's buying into this preseason Christine Michael hype. And it's like, nah. I, you know what? And I'm one of these guys, I was so high on him as a rookie in, uh, in two of my dynasty leagues. I had like grabbed him as a, as a guy to stash, stashed him for the two years, held him on the bench. The guy did nothing. And now somebody else has him. And I'm like... I hate this guy. He better not be anything because he's not going to be anything. I'm going to call it right now. Christine Michael's not going to be dick on a stick this year. I don't think Rawls is going to come out of the gates either. I think no, I don't think so. Back. I, I'm, I'm worried about this running back situation. Procise, is he injured? No, nah, he finally came back for the fourth preseason game, got some looks. But he missed a big portion of the offseason with that sort of hamstring injury. And that becomes big when it becomes into protection. And if you're exposing Russell Wilson to hits, you're not going to be on the field. I don't think they care about exposing Russell Wilson to hits because they have the the lowest paid offensive line in the NFL. They just think Russell Wilson could do it all. Um, And they're going to pay for their defense. Well, and Russell Wilson did do it all from basically, what was it, week seven on last year. Uh, But he was under a major amount of duress in that first part of the season. So... You it's know. something that definitely could happen here early in the season, this offensive line. Ain't going to happen. It, it, the only thing you got to worry about in this one, Indomitian too. I mean, because that's the guy who will cheap shot Russell Wilson that could end your year in week one. Oh, that pissed That me. is true, though. But, hey, true. if Christine Michael does get the start with Thomas Rolls out, you've got to pay attention to him. Yeah. You've gotta pay, he's going to get a lot of work. Getting to work. All right. Uh, let's go to the Giants at the Cowboys. Always a fun matchup. Always. Oh, and, and you can start any Seattle receiver you want pretty much because Miami's corners are a converted wide receiver. Um, and, yeah, I don't know the other guy. There you go. <laughs> but who do you want to start out of those guys? I like Baldwin. Baldwin. I like Baldwin. And then you can start Lockett as a flex. You can even I, start I'll, Jermaine Curse as a flex. I would start Lockett because Lockett's that guy, again, I don't care where they mark him on the depth chart. It's about what do you do when you have that big play opportunity. And he's the guy that creates more opportunities for big plays than Jermaine Curse. I like him more than anything else because he, I think he keeps the play alive while Russell Wilson's doing his magic right. and eluding all that craggedy crap. Let's go to the Giants. ODBJ from Eli. Should happen a lot. Should happen often. Is this going to happen in this game? Is uh, Sterling Shepard ready to... Ready to perform and come and uh, be a rookie right out of the gates? I hope so. I've got him in a rookie league. Well, you know what? There's a lot of pressure on Dallas' defense. And how strong can you feel about Dallas' defense? Sean Lee, great linebacker. When he's there. He's already been banged up. And he's always banged up. He's always banged up. Already is. So now they they did survive the the, the Greg Hardy scare. He he got his suspension. uh, No, but from 10 to 4. Randy Gregory. Yeah, Randy Gregory. Hardy's not even. So this is the problem that you have with Dallas is that they, they put all their money into certain places and then they kind of shirk some other things. So the offensive line is amazing. You paid a lot of money to Romo and a lot of money to Des Bryant. Who are you really paying money to on this defense? 
You want to know who one of the best players on this defense is? It's Barry Church. That's scary. Okay? <laughs> when you have to rely on one of your cornerbacks, your defensive backs, to be one of the better players on your team, you don't have anyone that's really dominating on the defensive line. You're not going to be able to put a lot of pressure on Eli Manning. So I, I look at this as a situation for, uh, for Eli as, as a real positive, right? So ODB, um, ODBJ, I don't, I don't care. What do, we, what do you want to call him? OBJ or ODBJ? He's going to have a big game. Okay, um, they are not going to, as a division rival, slow it down at all uh, if they if they are able to take advantage of them. Uh, when you look at what uh, Eli has done against Dallas, now he had a horrible game opening against them last year in Dallas. He threw for 193 yards with no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, then then in the second matchup, he only threw for 170 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So. You want to talk about a team that's had his number? This has been the one. Um, go ahead, Stag. Yeah. You're burning over there. Pretty much the same thing happened with ODB last season. Gosh, in, the, in the two games against Dallas, he had nine catches for 79 yards. Uh, but first season. Two games? Two games. But the first season, he had like 12 catches for 143 yards and four touchdowns, including... The catch. Yeah. So we've seen two different seasons of ODB versus Dallas. Which one are we going to see? Um, you know, expecting a huge game seems you know a little bit of a stretch after last season. They seem to have a scheme to take him out, and it's something that could definitely continue. But he's a stud. You've got to start him just for that one play. Yeah, you know, that one play he can make against Malcolm Butler and the Patriots. And he takes it for an 80-yard score on the first play of the game on a slant. But, but he also has games where he's doing nothing for three quarters and then he catches that 65-yarder for and he takes it to the house. So, he, obviously, he's an absolute must-start. Now, is Sterling Shepard going to be able to step in and, and assume this role? Um, I don't know uh, how much, uh, again, as you say, and I, and I agree with you, with rookies, I want to see a little bit of... You know, I want to see it. I want to see, see it. I want to see it on the field. I want to see it on the field before Sorry, I'm going to trust it. But you know what? This is one of those ones where it's like I trust more so with a rookie. I will trust a quarterback that is experienced as Eli Manning is, especially when you're trusting him with a guy who is as dominant as ODBJ, OBJ, whatever it is. Um, I call him ODB. I like ODB. That's, that's the way that I always call him. Dude, I, so, I did too. I, I just get called out on Twitter and then I don't know what the fuck, fuck, fuck Twitter, about. fuck you. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fact is that that guy is demanding double coverage. So you're going to get favorable, some duck butter matchups, as you'd like to say. And you, this is where it can pay off. And because Eli, you trust a guy who's an accurate quarterback, who doesn't who can sit in the pocket, can make uh, can make a play, extend a play, give yourself an extra three seconds in the pocket, and and create stuff. And so with that, I, I'll I'll trust. I'll, I'll take a shot. I would take a shot on Sterling Shepard. He's probably the only rookie wide receiver that I would take a shot on in DFS or in a redraft league if it's a deep redraft league as a flex play. And we go on. Yeah. What do you guys say? He's the one. I like Rashad Jennings. I've never been a big fan over, God, over the years, but I like him this year in fantasy football. Can he perform in this game? This is everybody on that def- uh, Dallas defensive front seven is pretty much 
hurt, injured, you know, a yeah. jag. So you're not you're not too worried about this matchup, especially now that they cut Andre Williams. They cut Andre Williams. Now he's going to have a chance at goal line carries. Uh, Shane Vereen, you know, limited to third down duties. Paul Perkins probably going to start slow. Had issues with fumbles during the preseason. So this is probably going to be Rashad Jennings' team here early in the season. Uh, the only position, which is what it should be, but the problem is for him is that he has problems staying healthy. Yeah, I can only so, talk about this one game right now. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no I agree with you. For this one game, I, I like him. I like him right no, now. No, I like him too. And it's like, he's one of these guys too. I'll, I'll, let's, let's foreshadow a little bit. And just talking about Rashad Jones could have a good start. Does that mean that you're going to expect that type of play throughout the rest of the season? No. But if you can get this good play for the first three, four weeks, you can parlay that into a nice trade opportunity to, to bolster your team before he gets hurt because he doesn't make it through 16 games. Right now, uh, Dakar, Don, what's his name, is the number two. The Dakar. Or, or, Orleans Darko? Yeah, he's the number two. That, for me, I've got to not worry too much about injuries. Makes me think that Rashad Jennings is one of the best value picks in fantasy football, and I'm riding him. This I'm riding him until he gets hurt. I, I'm a right. big fan of him. This and year. you should. It, it's one. Of, it's a good play until he gets hurt. Big fan, also. Tony, quit. Cigarettes, not pussy. <laughs> I want to pick up Orleans Darkwa right now, just so I can name my team Dark Wine Duck. <sighs> Yeah, what you know about that? <laughs> Dark wing duck. Is that like a? Is that married? Like she married? <laughs> Dark wing duck? I'm is that duck? Long duck? Long duck Long duck dong? No, I think it's a little too young for you, bros. Yeah. Is that like, is that like Scrooge McDuck? What is what is sort of. Yes. Oh no! Oh. Is that that Twitter guy? <laughs> no, he's on like like a Disney thing. Yeah, it's like a Disney TV show where he's a superhero, but it's like Scrooge McDuck based off of. And it's the same sort of characters. Nice. Uh, I'll check it out. I like it. I like it. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm learning. There's no way I can do it this right, Joe. Yeah, I get it, too. You don't have to. Just sit there and hold your dick and don't fuck it up for me. <laughs> so, moving on to the rest of the the other side of the matchup. The rest Dal- of the world. The Dallas. Oh, well, I, I didn't know everything revolves around Dallas, but I guess if you're on Twitter, it does. Uh, so, starting Dak Prescott, starting Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. starting that stud offensive line, starting uh, Des Bryant, even though he... This should be a, a quite a bit of a different game plan that we've seen from Dallas. It should be heavily on the run. I mean, it should skew heavily towards the run, especially against this Giants team. Their notable addition up front... Um, Olivier Vernon is more of a pass rusher. He can sort of get past, pushed around in the rush game. He did step up late in the season for Miami and proved to be a very good rush defender. I don't know if that was just because he wanted to get paid. He got paid a lot, though. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're going to do a lot of these run-pass options. Uh, you know, Jason Witten's going to be the dump-off, but I don't know how many passes they attempt overall. I, I don't even think about any of the secondary weapons like Terrence Williams no. or Cole Beasley. If I'm thinking of passing games weapons, it is Des Bryant who you're starting with maybe a little bit less confidence, but you're starting Des Bryant as maybe a wide receiver two instead of a wide receiver one, adjusting your expectations. And then maybe Jason Witten in sort of that PPR type where he can catch a bunch of dump-off passes. Ezekiel Elliott, personally... He's my number one running back this week. Uh, I think he's going to get a boatload of touches. 
Um, he's going to be highly ranked uh, for a lot of people. You're starting him with no no holdback against you know a pretty good Giants defense that isn't very good. No, I, I, I'm with you on Ezekiel Elliott this week. I think I bet you I'm, I'm thinking he gets anywhere from 26 to 30 uh, carries. Holy crap! Yeah, I, 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 because he, I think he's going to be effective, and I think that they're going to find out that. You know, as it's going on, it's just, it's tough when you're trusting a rookie quarterback coming in who wasn't expected to be the starter to have to come in, and you have this line that has been as dominant as it has been throughout the preseason. You see what Ezekiel has done, give him the opportunity. But this is also why I warn everyone that's drafting Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, if you get through week eight and you're sitting there at seven and one or something, look to trade him because you don't want to have that rookie wall hit you in the, in the fantasy playoffs and just bite you in the ass. I think that there's not going to be a silencer on this whole situation. I think that they're going to just be like, you know what? It's week one. If we lose this game to the, the Giants, one of our major rivals, at home. we want at home. We want to win, saying that you know what? We trust this quarterback. We're not going to try and change the hold, game plan. Hold on, though, real quick. With, real I quick. Think, I know. I listen. Hold, 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 hold on. This is the first time I've talked. Oh my I know. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just let you guys talk. So let me talk. I think they're going to not do the silencer. I think they are going to. I agree that they're going to give Elliot a ton of care, ton of run. But I just think they're going to just play a game plan. They're going in, and I don't think it's going to be make Dak be a game manager. Don't make him throw too many times. I think they're just going to say, you know what? If we go zero and one, and Dak threw the ball way too many times and had three interceptions. Then you know what? We'll curtail this for week two, and we'll understand that you know this is we we need to use Dak. He's a rookie. He's a youngster. But I think right now, I think that team's like you know what? Let's see what this guy's got. If we don't throw the harness on him, if we I'll, don't. Let's not harness his hopes. Let's let him freewheel. And that doesn't mean I'm right, but that's no. what I think that team's thinking. Uh, with Jerry Jones, literally the owner in the offensive and quarterback meetings, like. <laughs> well, my, my point is this. The only thing I was going to say, it's just a quick interjection, was to say if they don't feel that confident about Dak because they've now decided to keep Romo on the roster and not IR him for the season. So what does that say? Because Jerry's like, well, you never know. I think that I think that's a way of it. I, I don't yeah, know. That's not I'm what not Jerry worried. said. It's like circumcising a mosquito. <laughs> 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 Which is... I, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know, know about that. I, I didn't know there were tools. I'll consult my moil. <laughs> I didn't know there were tools that could do such a thing. But God bless uh, the human uh, ingenuity. I just think going up against a division rival at home in Week One, when your team still has sort of playoff aspirations on the season, you can't really give up a game to a division rival that should be a fairly good football team. Because we saw sort of last year how tight this game was. And I think they, this is a team that wanted to curtail the offense in the passing game to begin with. Why is that suddenly going to change for Dak? Why, they're not going to go back to throwing 40 times a game. I agree with every – there's there's no right side of this. But I just think the team in their mind, the coaching staff, the ownership, and the team players themselves, have sort of, and wouldn't you be in the same boat, kind of moved on mentally from Tony Romo. 
You kind of got to move on. You have to. It, 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 but if you're but, still trying to make things get by until Tony's back, that's what, then you're sitting there in, in limbo. But that's and, what Dallas is. Jerry fucks shit up. Jerry, the owner, who's also the GM. I think he's sick of he's, fucking shit up for no, Romo. No, but because but, 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 he loves Romo so much, he's like, so he's not going to rule all this out. He's going to keep Romo there just in case. And so no matter what, you don't allow anyone to have... The freedom is said, okay, relax, it's your job for the year, you got it. No, we're going to keep this cloud over you because I'm Jerry Jones. Dak is going to be a beast. I'm calling it D-Rex. He's going to be sick. I hope so. You draft him in your rookie league. I, I, I just like him. I draft him behind luck, and I'm hoping that he does so I can trade him for a boatload. So, I'm with you. Let's do it. The last, do it. Game, the last afternoon game, Lions at Colts. But before we get there, let's listen to this. Leones versus the Coltis. There's a lion and there's a a lion of which and a thoroughbred. Yeah, and like I'm starting every single like one of them. Lewis book or something. <laughs> I'm starting every single one of them this week. Is there somebody you really don't want to start in this game of two what should be high-powered, fast-moving offenses going against? Less than stellar defenses, especially if we're talking about Lions versus the Colts. Yeah. I mean, Marvin Jones is arguably a top 20 receiver this week. Golden Tate's right there with them. They are both going to get heavily targeted against, you know, no-name corners for that Indianapolis can throw out there without, without uh, Vontae Vonte. Davis. You know, this is going to be a great matchup for these guys. Do you even get a great matchup for even a guy like Theo Riddick, who, uh, you know, a periphery guy who could be a, an interesting flex play in this matchup? Because Amir Abdullah is going to be doing all the heavy work inside, and then all of a sudden you're going to get Theo Riddick's going to be getting all these dump offs and, and these other situations that could just be pyromaniac Moe's going to be sitting there going, Yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Theo, oh, I, I'm really high on Theo and Zach Center. We know. Every year. Every year. Every year. We know. Question I got for you. Marvin went higher in my big bolts of my leagues than Tate. I can see that. Really? Because I, I just want to, I, I know we're talking about games and matchups, but, you know, we're, we're fresh. Let's have some fun here. Martin, both of my main leagues, Marvin went before Tate. I still think Tate gets more targets and he could get more yardage. But I think Marvin Jones could definitely score more touchdowns and have close to the same amount of yards because he's going to be targeted further down the field. Average depth of target for Marvin Jones is going to be that much better than Golden Tate. So I, I'm pretty excited about Marvin Jones and slowly, slowly crept him up into being like a top 30-ish wide receiver for him. Yeah. Um, Golden Tate, I moved down a little bit. Uh, I think Eric Ebron is going to get some targets there too. Um, Tate, he's, play, he's playing week one. He's good. He got practice. I've seen him in well, some commercials. Well, here, 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 let's understand this too because Golden Tate, we go back to our six-foot conversation, right? Golden Tate's 5'11". Marvin Jones is six foot one. Marvin Jones, while he was with Cincinnati, proved... What? He was an effective red zone target. Now, you don't have Calvin Johnson there anymore. So, the, the question that you have to ask yourself is this. Is the Calvin Johnson effect because Golden Tate was doing whatever he was doing with Calvin Johnson? We know that Marvin Jones is no Calvin Johnson, if I can go back to it. I knew 
John, uh, 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 John F. Kennedy, and you are no JFK. Uh, you are no Calvin Johnson, Marvin Jones, but you are an effective red zone target. And Calvin, you know, the difference is that Golden Tate's going to be getting more of the attention just because of what he's done in his career compared to Mar Marvin Jones. So Jones, I think, like Stags is saying, is going to probably excel in that red zone where he'll become... I, I really do think that Marvin may become the number one target in that red zone. But tar remember, remember Tate is, does amazing things after the catch. The act that he's got... But that's not red zone. zone. I'm not talking red zone. I'm just talking in general. We're just talking, we're just talking in, I'm talking in general. He does amazing things with the, the act once he gets the ball. I think you've got a guy like um, uh, the Mr. Talented Roto who loves what... Ever since Jim Bob Cooter came in and, and finally uh, last year gave Stafford the opportunity to... Stafford was an awesome play the last five, six weeks. Uh, I think there's a lot of question marks here, but a lot of good things can happen. I think that's for Jones. I think that's for Tate. Um, but don't, don't you think that's like what's next? I think it's for Abdullah. But if I'm drafting, I want Tate, a guy that's done it. More with or without Megatron, more than I want a Marvin Jones. And there's no question. Marvin Jones could have more fantasy points, more touchdowns, all this stuff. But Tate, I've seen. I, I, he's a gamer. He can. He, I, I like. I like the way he can play. And this this year, he was going in the teens instead of, you know, in the eight round. Well, I, I agree with you. I do want Golden Tate more, but I'm also agreeing with what Staggs is saying that. Tate's going to have more yards, more catches, but Jones is going to make up the fantasy points in stinking touchdowns. Where, where Tate may end up with like six on the year, and then here's Jones getting 10 on the year, 10 or 11 on the year. All right. While he's only getting 700 yards or something. But, it, but those stupid touchdowns are screwing Tate out of a lot of points that he would have been getting otherwise. Let's move over to the Colts. It'll be interesting to watch, see what happens there and. A lot of question marks. It'll be. It'll be. I'm pretty much starting everybody on the Lions against the Colts. Like if it's a good stack uh, in DFS with you, you know Stafford and Tate or Jones, you know whichever one you decide you want to put in your lineup, or you know you can do a bunch of lineups with. Well, which one do you feel more confident in having? Like that big, if there's you know big Stafford, big gun arm, fifty yard throw. Marvin Jones in this one. Marvin Jones. Okay. I mean. If we're talking about a 50-yard play, I'm always going to take Marvin Jones over Tate. But if we want to talk about 10 catches for 125 yards, I'm going to go, you know. So we're going to say, we're this gonna gonna say be a surprise. So we're going to say that the play is Golden Tate and PPR. We're going to say Marvin Jones more the play in the big play type situation. But touchdown, we're still saying Marvin Jones. And I think in general, and I think in general, this is going to be an interesting team for fantasy football. This week isn't going to, you know, determine anything. Have the writing on the wall for anything. But Stafford might have a ginormous year, and it might come. At, at, at Abdullah might have a great season. I, I, Riddick, Jones, and Tate. There, there could be just this could be just a throwing the shite out of the ball team. This is Jacksonville sort of 2015. They're Jacksonville 2015. Could They're be. a team that doesn't have a strong running game. They're a team that's going to be playing from behind in most games. You're going to go back to seeing the Stafford when Stafford was the quarterback when we when uh, he blew up right when he was throwing over 600 pass attempts. All of a sudden we can, this, we can get back to that. We'll see. It could happen. 
It could be that way. Let's go over to the um, the Colts side. Can the uh, offensive line protect Luck? Luck slid, and uh, I, I've been surprised how people just are don't even really think Luck's a good quarterback in fantasy football the, the way this love year. It. Love I it. love it. I love it myself, but I'm scared of that offensive line. What should we expect um, in this game? Let's focus on this game. I am fired up to talk about the whole season wide because we've got new players in our teams, but in this game, stag party, Colts, Luck. Running game, throwing game, what do you, what, what, what are you seeing? I like a lot of the Colts here, too. I just think this is going to be a game that's going to put up a lot of fantasy points on both sides of the football. We've already talked about you know the Lions' advantages, uh, missing a lot on the defensive side. Uh, let's see. For the Colts, you know, running game, Frank Gore at home with Andrew Luck. Splits on that are pretty good. You know, he's going to be a guy who's more of a slow and steady producer. So he's not going to be a great, like, GPP play uh, for, you know, DFS tournaments. But if you're looking for a running back to flex in, you know, standard or PPR leagues, pretty good play there. Dante Moncrief I have a little bit of concern with. I think they stick their best corner, Darius Slay. You know, he, Darius Slay's a bigger body guy. So I think he's a better fit on Dante Moncrief than the speedy T.Y. Hilton. So I, I'd pick T.Y. Hilton over Dante Moncrief to be the player to explode in this game. And T.Y. Hilton's got you know a wide receiver 20-ish price um, in DFS. So he's been a guy I've been able to fit in a lot of lineups as my wide receiver three. Um, Outside of that, you know, Dwayne Allen, he's got a chance for a touchdown. I'm probably going to see that every goddamn week of the season. He does not have a chance for 100 yards. That will be every goddamn week of the season as well. Fairly certain those TD two things. Bust. It's a TD or bust type of guy and, you know, maybe 50, 60 yards tops until I see something that tells me differently. Um, you know, sort of going back on the rest of this team, Philip Dorsett, interesting sort of very low-cost flyer. Getting the slot, you know, player. I think that's Quandre Diggs uh, for the Detroit Lions. So he could be an interesting shot for a touchdown. I'm starting pretty much anybody in this game that I own. I love it. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Sunday Night Football. Patriots without Tom Brady against the Cardinals with Carson Palmer. You know what that means? Sunday Night Football deserves a Bell Day. Dr. Brothers? Yes. Hi, I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. This is kind of embarrassing, but sometimes you wake up in the morning fully tempted. Any advice? Well, at your age, you consider yourself lucky. My age? How fucking old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hit up this next game. Let's hit it up. Yeah. Let's move through it because we know we got two Monday Night Footballers and we're rolling in here almost at two hours. Yeah, but the, but the last Monday Night Footballer is not a real Monday Night Footballer. It's more like I will be. Oh, uh, we have to hide this game, so let's put it as a second Monday Night game. I will be asleep at the, mm, the first quarter in that game. Yeah, uh, agreed. Let's cruise through. Let's cruise through all of them. I think we've done a great job with this uh, this whole first well, week match. And also, let's just, let's honestly say. These are not the best matchup games. You know, for you talking about highlight games. Let's just focus you, on the Patriots and the Cardinals. So you yeah. got no Tom Brady. 
You're going to see uh, LeGarrette Blunt have a hard time running against the Arizona front. You're going to see... I, I'll tell you what, this is, this is the week where I will stake my claim and a guy who I've been so down on in the offseason, on Julian Edelman. I think it's a good play for Julian Edelman this week. You disagree? Yeah, I do. Because uh, who's he going to see? Pete, is he going to see Peterson? Peterson or Matthew, who are both great cover guys. And if it's Peterson, he's going to body him up and just destroy him. I don't think Peterson's going to be on him, though. I, don't, I really don't. I know, but there'll be some occasions where he's on him and he will body there will. him up. Uh, who else is going to play on him? You know, Chris Hogan, who's shown nothing right. with Jimmy Garoppolo, but has shown a lot with Tom Brady. We don't have to worry about this. But... Remember, this is a team that when Tom Brady is out, they don't change their style of play. I mean, Matt Castle, what, top 10 in pass attempts? Top 10 in fantasy points uh, in that season? Top 10 in touchdowns? Like, this is a good system. Now, going up against the Cardinals, who arguably fit better against the Patriots than anybody else in the league, I don't think it's a great matchup. And without Tom Brady, I'm not going to bet on a lot of players exploiting it. But I think Bill Belichick also has something up his sleeve, and I think he only traded Chandler Jones to the Arizona yeah. Cardinals so he could run at him all game long. <laughs> now, that's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay, I, I like that conspiracy. Listen, I so, believe in any conspiracy theory. Uh, I, I put credence into any conspiracy theory surrounding Bill Belichick. My theory is that they're going to go crazy on Martellus Bennett, and they're going to pepper him with nutty. He's going to have a great game for no other reason than for ever, the rest of the league and defensive coordinators and the future teams be like, oh shit, they, they got their Hernandez, they've got this dual threat uh, tight end situation, and will that last all season? Probably not, but I think that it's going to be a nice game for Bennett just because they want to set that scare factor. Game tape, game tape, yeah, scare. Now I understand what, all of what you guys are saying, but I'm still telling you that when it's all said and done, I think that like, this is where everyone who's who's buying on Gronkowski still is a first round pick, where you're not going to have Brady for and him for five weeks of your 13 weeks in the regular season. It's foolish, and I think you're gonna it's going to be exposed a little bit. Gronk is still Gronk. He's going to have a good game, but is he going to have the Gronk type games that you're going to need for him to be a first round pick to get you 1,300 yards and whatever? No, it's not going to happen this year. So I just look at Edelman as one of those. It's an easy guy who can, can beat a guy quickly off the line. And if you're saying you want to minimize the risk of your quarterback, let's get a guy who can beat someone at least for a three- or four-yard pass, which is why I feel like I'm not saying that Edelman's going to have 100 and some odd yards. He'll have 12, 13 catches in this game, though. Is Edelman healthy, though? He just hasn't really played. He's, he's been healthy he's enough. He's been practicing enough. enough. I don't like him, though, as a whole. They've, they've been expecting him to be back for week one all offseason. But I don't think much changes. But remember... Against Arizona. Arizona has historically struggled against tight ends. So that is a great thing for Martellus Bennett streamers, Gronk owners. Uh, I think Gronk is going to be fine in this game to where he could even be the 100-yard receiver on this team against the Arizona Cardinals. Who are they going to put on? Are they going to play Patrick Peterson on Rob Gronkowski? And if so, that is a matchup I'm going to watch all night long just because the football is going to be so good. <laughs> well, I look at more like I, I can actually, actually see maybe more of the Honey Badger being on him. 
And then the so, size is going to come. So, so but that's so, what, but that, well, see, what's he got on the honey badger? Seven, eight inches. I know, but that's what. But 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 the honey badger is who he is, and that's why I'm also saying why I believe that Edelman because he. Where you're thinking that, that Matthew's going to be on him, I think Edelman gets a favorable matchup in this because of it. I agree. It's going to be interesting. We'll see. Who knows? The, the, the whole this is this matchup. These are two teams that potentially are the Super Bowl. Um, when you read when you read, when you read SI, I think has the uh, Sports Illustrated and the uh, Monday morning quarterback has the Cardinals beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. This is like a Super Bowl matchup that in made in heaven. Let's not talk about it too much more. If you got something else, let's, let's go to the Cardinals side. Let's go to the Cardinals side. We talked about how the uh, the Cardinals matchup with the Patriots. I mean, the other overlay is pretty good as well. The Patriots' defense against the Arizona Cardinals. They've got three quality defensive backs, maybe even four with how Cyrus Jones has been playing so far in the slot. Um, so that's a little bit concerning for all these wide receivers. But, you know, you know who gets, who gets Malcolm Butler? But then Logan Ryan had a great season last year, too. Underrated, didn't get the interceptions. But, you know, if it's... John Brown against the speedier Malcolm Butler, you know, then Michael John Brown, Floyd. who has not played in how long because of the damn concussion. He's, he's been back now. He's been back practicing. But so. the, here's, the, well, here's my main concern, because as I watched preseason game three, and I'm watching also what Carson Palmer's been doing throughout, which is why when I brought up earlier, the Derek Carr versus Carson Palmer situation, I've not liked what I've seen out of Carson so far this preseason. Now, preseason's preseason, and he's a veteran, so I'm not going to put a ton of stock into it. You know what preseason's I mean? preseason's preseason's. Right. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I'm not going to, it's not like it matters that much to him. But the fact is, and, and you also didn't have Larry Fitzgerald playing, so you, you, you've had a lot of these guys just sitting on the sidelines that have not been helping him. So I'm hoping, but I'm concerned, and here's why I'm concerned. Week one, is the continuity going to be there against a team that is a always a perennial Super Bowl contender? You're at home, and this is a, a, a real big potential letdown game in that sense. And it's also, you're coming off of, like we were talking about with Cam Newton, the horrible game he had, now he's going to have to play against the same goddamn defense again. Well, here's Carson Palmer, who his last regular season game was against Carolina. He looked like a bag of shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm starting one of these well, wide worst playoff games by if, a quarterback of all time, all time. If I get to choose Six any, if I get to choose Four. any of these wide receivers, I'm choosing Larry Fitzgerald going up against the rookie slot corner. Uh, that'd be my preference. You know, in DFS, I guess he'd be the guy I'd choose over anybody else. Uh, running back David Johnson. I think they're just going to have to feed him. But you know, the Patriots. What's the Patriots' way? Take away what they do best, and hey, when they were hot last season, and if Carson Palmer's really struggling, then what you're going to want to do is take away David Johnson, and they've got the linebackers to do so. Um, so, but when he's I still a top five play. But that's got to be their focus, no matter what, because David Lewis. Johnson to take away David, David Johnson, Johnson no. take away David Johnson, because David Johnson looked great in the preseason. You know, he has not shown any ill effect. He's actually shown the progression that you want to see in that sophomore season for a guy uh, taking that step forward and, and really uh, expanding his game. So, Quick question I've got. Um, who's the third uh, wide receiver? I'm sorry, I've had him on. John Brown? Yeah, Brown. The concussion? All right, playing. Everything's going Sounds on. like he's, he's going to play. Go. All right, should we move on to the next game? 
Yep. All right. Two Monday night games, and to be honest, I love this first one. And as you said earlier, Houdini, the second one's not that bad. So let's uh, let's it's try. Not that keep... good. <laughs> not that good. It is bad. It is bad. <laughs> um, let's talk about the early games. I love it when there's two Monday night games. But Steelers at the Redskins. We'll start on the Steelers side of the ball. Antonio Brown start. Ben Roethlisberger. He's got those nasty home road splits, but I still think he's going to be one of the top options at quarterback this week. You know, without Tom Brady, with Cam Newton in a real tough matchup, uh, Drew Brees at home against uh, ascending defense. I think Ben might have you know the best sort of circumstances of all the top signal callers in Week One. So I think Big Ben gets a start if you drafted him. What do you feel about D'Angelo? Because this is all these Le'Veon Bell people or the people who are the D'Angelo hoping for that early season boon so they can turn him into the trade to the Le'Veon Bell guy as that, again, that handcuff guy or as that guy that, hey, I can get you a couple spurts here or there. I mean, over the first six weeks of last season, the Washington Redskins were one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. Uh, it absolutely fell apart towards the middle of the seasons for reasons unbeknownst to me. Uh, finishing, I think, 18th uh, in fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, you know, but they did bring in Josh Norman. The expectation, though, is that they're going to move Antonio Brown around so much, and we don't know how the, the Redskins are going to deploy Josh Norman, whether if he's going to be on one side of the field, whether if they're going to use him in man-to-man coverage, whether they're going to use him in zone coverage like he's used to. So we haven't seen Josh Norman in the system. So that gives me no pause about firing up Antonio Brown, especially when you look at his splits without Le'Veon Bell uh, in games, because... That's one of the most amazing things you've ever seen. So who's going to be the main beneficiary outside of Antonio Brown drawing away all that coverage? Who in the passing game should people, especially like in DFS if you're looking at it this way, or if you're looking at that flex play, is it Marcus Wheaton? Is, is it even a Sammy Coates? Is, you know, is it... I think the Coates, the Coates... The Coates are gone. The Coates are Coates are clipped, I feel like, on Coates. I think uh, Wheaton seems to be... Is Jesse James worth uh, worth yeah, the shit? Right. This, so who is it? You know, and we don't know. We gotta keep we gotta keep an eye on it. Right now, my thought is it's probably going to be a combination of everybody. It's not just one person going to get targeted. Like Eli Rogers is going to get a lot of work out of the slot until he maybe catches five or six passes. But they don't. Go He's the guy I've been long. seeing going like rounds fifteen and sixteen of recent drafts as well. People taking that shot on this guy, and there's he's, he's available on a lot of waiver. Yeah, well, of course. Ton of second opinions on him. Hey, I've got I've got these guys available. Should I grab Eli Rogers? And I'd, I'd say on every instance today, you and I both stags were like, ah, let's just stick with what you got. Let's just, let's not all of a sudden anoint Eli Eli Rogers is the is the is the next fucking. Uh, second coming of of, of you want to see Brown. it first. You, you, yeah, you a lot of these guys, it's like it, it's great to hear all the hype, and I know you want to be ahead of the train. But there's there, there's a, when we talk about foreshadowing, it's not just about grabbing any guy that just gets hype. It's about there has to be some real foresight into why this guy has the opportunities, why this guy is going to get the opportunities going forward, and. In general, I do like the guy a lot. I do think he might be the one that fills in this. The, the, but then the you also have to have the depth. Yeah, to be able to hold on to it. Yeah, 
I mean, if you don't have that depth, if you're playing with where I, I need to, you're talking about dropping a guy who's giving you viable fantasy points right now. Agreed. You can't do that this early in the season, especially just after your draft. It's got to be a deep bench. Also, when uh, looking at Eli Rogers, he's a guy who's going to be able to make those plays in PPR leagues, but then maybe Sammy Coates is the better play in standard leagues, and maybe Marcus Wheaton. But Eli Rogers is truly only a slot receiver. So that gives you a little bit of pause that he's going to get enough targets and volume in the passing game when Antonio Brown's going to demand a lot of it. And when Le'Veon Bell returns. And when Le'Veon Bell returns. So Jesse James could be an interesting dart throw for a tight end touchdown, sort of like the way Allen, but a little bit cheaper. Um, other than that, that this is all you're going with. If Who's the backup to D'Angelo Williams right now? Fitzgerald Toussaint? You know, not worth consideration, but he's probably going to get some carries. Let's move over not, to the Redskins. Not yeah. enough to make it. Not enough to be worthwhile. Let's move to the Redskins. Um, guys, if you haven't heard, I like uh, Kirk Cousins. And I like, why are you talking about it? Like, why, why, why don't you go ahead and stir it up? Stir it up. How do you feel about him at home against the Steelers? Who were not a good defense last year? I, I love everything about Cousins. I think he he put he, he's putting he's gonna put up yards. He's put up in touchdowns this matchup. in this matchup. He's he's gonna he just, should. He's got the talents around him. My only fear with Kirk Cousins is Jordan Reed staying healthy. And it seems like just because Mac Brown is a practice squatter. It seems like they're not too concerned with the Matt Jones uh, shoulder injury. And we know Robert Kelly might be get, get, get a couple carries, but if they were that scared about Matt Jones and his injury, then Mac Brown would be uh, on, on the 53-man roster. Sure, but are you starting Matt Jones this week? No. Um, I, I'm not. No. I, I'm not. I think in one team he might. I might have to play him as a flex. But it, actually, I think I'm going to play Fleener as my flex in that league. But I want to. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Okay, because Pittsburgh was absolutely dominant against the opposing running backs last season, allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game. They were able to stuff the run. That was their first goal. And now they've got all these other pieces to expect to be, you know, rushing the passer. So this offensive line is going to need to step up and protect Kirk Cousins. But where they do struggle, they're 25th against opposing tight ends. So this is like a dream matchup for Jordan Reed. I think we hit, we're going to have Jordan Reed ranked ahead of Rob Gronkowski. We should. I, I, I 100% agree with that, especially with Tom Brady not playing. Uh, but the dream matchup just lines up for this guy. So Jordan Reed, I'm getting in his price compared to Gronkowski in DFS. Great sort of fourteen hundred. Forty asked fourteen hundred less, something like that. Twelve hundred less. So if he stays healthy, I'm just going to tell you he's going to finish better at, at tight end. If he stays healthy and Gronk stays healthy, sixteen games. Jordan Reed, just because of the unbelievable target and because Brady's gone those first four games. Jordan Reed will end up with more fantasy points at the tight end position this year. All right, hot take. Hot take. I mean, it's just, I, just what I saw with what they do when he, when Cousins was dropping back. It's like, boop. I mean, it's just he just loves well, his Reed. And Brady's more of discerning. Like, let me get the best option on well, the whole. No, you're field. right. You're right because with Jordan Reed too, what they always did is I, I was a Jordan been Jordan Reed owner in my 16 team league for since he came in. Is even when they're not using him like really effectively, 
but those third and shorts, third and three, third and four, he's running these like five yard outs, and they're just and they, and they, they trust him more than anybody else. Deshaun Jackson's got an interesting matchup. The corners here are absolutely question marks. And, you know, they keep trying to bring in new players, and it seems to just not work out. It's, you know, so great. So we'll see if something could eventually stick. But in week one, I think Deshaun's a great play. Can I ask you a question? After you say that, in my rookie league, and this is the only one I'll ask about my team, I have Deshaun Jackson, which is the only guy that I feel like might be the last guy on my bench. In my rookie league, Boink, Travon Boinkin is available. Should I drop Deshaun Jackson and grab Boinkin, the a rookie backup quarterback, to friggin' Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson gets hurt the first week, a rookie quarterback is fucking playing quarterback for one of the great No, teams. because don't you also have Dak Prescott? I've got Dak. Uh, and you got Paxton Lynch. Well, hold on, hold on. I think this uh, is a different rookie league. Oh, this is a different, oh, different rookie league. It's, it's a different league. Alright. No, it's the same league. It's the same league. Then no, then no, then no. You have guys that are already starting versus you're talking about a guy who's going to give you points versus a guy who, if I'm, Russell Wilson, who's probably not going to get well, one guy can win you a championship if he I starts. Know, for I, that know, team. I know, I know. Deshaun Jackson's you, never going to even. You do start. have a starting quarterback as a rookie in Dak Prescott, who's already going to give you ten. Weeks and I got Paxton Lynch, but still, you got guys who give you the first ten, the guys who give you the last six. You're fine. I just don't know if I'm ever going to play Deshaun. One guy might. Then, well, then, then trade par- him. Then parlay him in a two-for-one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson, absolutely do not drop for Trevon Boykin because Russell Wilson has never missed a practice in his NFL career. I'm not saying draft. I'm just saying drop. You're saying drop Deshaun for him. But what if it happens? There's two, you well, see the depth chart. You practice, dude. It's a depth chart. You've seen it. They've got only two. This you don't thing. think they can bring anybody in and start it? Like Mark Sanchez? But, you know, like like they, Tom Sanders was going to be the guy, and all of a sudden, now he's he never got the chance? I mean, God. Saying, I mean, I get it. He's never missed and he practice. Looks good he's too, never been hurt. But injuries happen. And if they do, all of a sudden, okay. Okay. I don't guys aren't buying it. No, I'm, aren't buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Still going to do it. Do okay. it. Okay. Still going to do it. No, so I'm I'm still still okay. I take your advice. I take your advice. It's just, it's, it's, there's something there. All right. Let's, uh, it, how about this? Keep it on your radar. It's, but once it's on, once the injury happens, no, but it's going to happen in week one. It ain't going to happen in week one. All right. Uh, okay, so Redskins. Cousins. We love him. I love him. Whoever. Uh, wide receivers. You like the Deshaun Jackson. Any other wide receivers you like on the team? Who's uh, no, not just looking for five for fifty yards. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm not high on Matt Jones this week. Are you high on Matt Jones? No, I already said it. There you go. But yeah, Jamison Crowder may be an interesting play out of the slots for PPR. PPR. I'm still thinking <laughs> probably not. I'm mostly going to focus on Jordan Reed, Deshaun Jackson. And Kirk Cousins is pretty good in this matchup against the Steelers, but I need that offensive line to keep him upright. All right, it's last three game. hours. Let's move on to this last matchup: the Dud game. And the Rams. <laughs> the Rams are playing against the 49ers. California love. Right, look, we all need to. Uh, we're all sitting on the bench while we talk about. The, oh wait, I'm gonna take a knee. I'm wearing a Kaepernick jersey. 
God bless America. How, how about the amount of Kaepernick jerseys that have sold? Have you seen? I, it's amazing, but have you seen some of the reasons? The Kaepernick jerseys are six dollars a piece. Yeah, what? <laughs> they're on sale everywhere. <laughs> like, of course they're make, they're selling. They've been on. They, they've been. They've been given away for the last six dollars. Is a great way to make a statement. I can wear it for a statement for a week, and I can throw it away. I I buy this it, this beer that Houdini and I have both drank. And a bar it costs more than a Kaepernick jersey. Oh, right? shit. <laughs> the, the four pack that I bought cost twelve dollars. So I'm you know, one beer and a bar. I know. So you know what this would cost in a bar? Six dollar Kaepernick jersey. But I respect it. I love Kaepernick. I like the message. I like that Obama's on it. I'm all in on Kaepernick's message. I really am. I'm not yeah, saying that. The message is great, speech. dude. Freedom of speech. The Love message it. also by the right. Grandmaster Flash is also fantastic. It sucks if you're a black person or a person of color in America. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks if you're a white person in America. Everything, the deck is stacked against you. If you're rich, it's great. If you got money, it's great. If you got education, it's great. Everything else is bullshit, so fuck it. I'm all on board with it. Well, I'll tell you what. You know what else I'm on board with in week one? Todd Gurley. <laughs> I'm definitely on board with Todd Gurley against the San Francisco defense. Um, I am not on board with Carlos Hyde on the other side, but let's, let's stick with the Rams for right now. So, you know, Case Keenum is the starter. We're looking at the team who drafted a more pro-ready quarterback, not starting that guy in week one, and then the team who drafted a quarterback to sit on the bench for the entire season is not a week one starter with potentially a fractured rib. So it's funny how the tables have turned. And then there's also the story regarding Carson Wentz that they didn't uh, that the Browns after they traded out of that number two pick didn't even think that Carson Wentz could be a top twenty quarterback in the NFL. So I trust yikes. the Browns. Not yeah. yikes. Can I say? When golf was the number one pick, and I've said this all offseason, I was shocked by it. This is a guy that makes Houdini look like he's... A muscle builder. This is a stick and bones dude. At the draft, he did a, a, a Pantene. His, his sponsor was Pantene. And they, he did like a whole Pantene draft day makeup draft day, dress, hair thing. When I saw that, I was like, Jared Goff, first sponsor, is Pantene Hair Products. This team's fucked. (laughs) Welcome to LA. Good grief. What the hell? So yeah, you don't like Case Keenum, but you maybe like Todd Gurley a lot. If Ezekiel Elliott's not your number one, or Adrian Peterson, or Lamar Miller... You know, Todd Gurley's right up there. These guys are all on the same sort of tier yep. for week one, even though you don't have to use that as much anymore. Um, you know, the other player you like on Los Angeles potentially is maybe Tavon Austin, just because they're going to have to manufacture touches for their wide receivers. And after all the talk's been, we're going to get this guy a lot of work. He's going to get some rushes. He's get. I mean, he might be their backup, the third down running back. Who knows if it's Benny Cunningham. Yeah. I've been high on Tavon Austin, and this is one of those guys that I think that um, this is a great matchup, right? Because, again, you have the opportunity as a bad defense to exploit, and this is one of those ones where 
I'm a, I'm a Talon Austin owner in, in a dynasty league, and I got him at a cheap price, like three bucks or something like that. I want this game so bad because I'm not starting him this week. I just want it so I can trade him for something that I can play with and something that I can trust and count on on a weekly basis. And this is what, as fantasy owners, you have to do when, when you get certain guys, certain guys that are splash guys that can give you two touchdowns and, and, and 120 yards. And Tavon Austin can do that for you. But, 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 but this is what you have to realize. Why you have to trade him that week because then he'll give you 120 yards and two touchdowns over the next six weeks. We've been on, we've been doing this show for five years now, and you taught me, you and Doc taught me that trickster fantasy football players not the ones are that, not the ones you want to be starting. No, that goes back to Percy Harvin. That goes back to give me another name, but it was I loved Harvin. You guys like. Tricksters, tricksters, and don't score points. And two years after drafting tricksters, one time I remember I drafted Percy Harvin like the fourth or fifth round. They don't pan out. So Devon Austin, I love him as a player. I can't believe how much money he just got. They obviously love him as a player too. I agree with you that they are going to give him as many carries, whether it's bubble screens, whether it's whether it's. Let me interject. You understand this. We don't like them, but we like them on our bench. I don't want them starting. I want them on my bench because they are these. They these are the things that like are like the, the bait, right? For all, every animal that's out there, like a salt lick for a deer, <laughs> whatever it is, it's like it's gonna make you come. And there are Whoa. all the oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> hello. Jeez, they're gonna make you come to the table. Hello. Okay, let me, let me complete. Let me complete the sentence. <laughs> And it's going to make another owner out there go, wow. Because they're going to look at the crap that they have on their team. Because you know that if you're drafting your team right, there are teams that you have depth. And you need another team to experience a, a dearth of talent to say, wow, I want your what you have on your bench. That guy scored 30 points on your bench. i got to have him. Because Tavon Austin is never going to score 30 points on my starter. Because in my league, there's two wide receivers and, and, and a flex. I understand. <laughs> I understand, but this, is, but this is the only guy that's worth talking about in this whole that's entire game. That's why we're going to move over to the 49ers. This is the last point I'm trying to make out is that when you have that guy, you, you, you don't want him as a starter, but if you have him on the bench, as, as soon as he has that game, do not in your mind ever think about starting him. Think about trading him I agree. while you have the opportunity because it lasts for one week, and then it'll be a nothing for three weeks, and then you have one more chance to trade him again. Okay, that's why I never have Tavon Austin on my team. Tavon Austin, wide receiver three this week, locked in. You like you like it? Oh yeah, he's a wide receiver three flex play. This Can week. I say one thing? I, you said match really up, match you, up, you match said, up. You said hot take. That's why this is the one. You said hot take. Tyler Higby. I'm telling you right now. I think magic's going to happen with this guy. I think he is going to be a special, uh, not a not a not a Jeremy Shockey-esque rookie. I, we know that tight ends and rook as rookies don't do shit. Higby is going to have a nice season. There's something special there. If you're in deep leagues, if you're in a dynasty league, if you've got a shitty tight end system, there's something about it, and that's the eye test. I watch in the games that I watched. They were getting the ball to him, and this guy looked fucking enormous. He can catch. I like what I see out of this guy. I could be wrong, 
but I gamble with what it's worth at the end of, end of my bench that that guy might just be something special, even this year, because they just don't have that much else talent. That, that is, uh, and also, is is there any spruce love left, left after all the uh, hard knocks? Uh, spruce! I haven't even watched it. I haven't watched any of that. Are you in? I didn't renew my HBO. The guy uh, had an amazing week, and then he hurt himself the next week. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Let's move on to the 49ers. My I team. don't want to say anything about them. All you guys. Yeah, quickly. I mean, Carlos Hyde could catch a couple screens. Like, he could have, he could be great or awful. Like, remember when Jeremy Langford had his first start against the the Rams last year, and he was shitty but took an 80-yard screen to the house? It's all going to come down to potentially one play. And if he makes it, he'll have a nice fantasy day. Uh, if not, I, I think he sort of struggles. Um, Carlos Hyde is a tough start for me, but with the, the, the a lot of bad matchups, I think he's maybe a back-end running back, too. I mean, I think he should be in your rankings if you or should be in your lineups if you drafted him as your running back, too. Um, other than this that, this is like if you, if you draft him as your running back too, and you're not playing against the Rams, who actually have a really good defense. Let's be honest. They're, yeah, but they can be they're running top, backs. They're top five. Yeah, they're top five defense, but they are, they can give up the run. What about uh, Tory Smith? What about anything else on that? On that Tory Smith, Vance McDonald's. You know, Tory Smith. The guys that are relevant, I suppose. Tory Smith is probably the guy you know to start, but not necessarily this week. I think they've got, what, Tremaine Johnson is their one corner who will more than likely be on uh, Torrey Smith. You know, Jeremy Curley's listed as their starting slot receiver. Uh, other than that, you know, their wide receiver twos, maybe Quentin Patton. Lots of question marks there. Vance McDonald, you know, maybe an interesting play. Uh, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I make one quick interjection about what I feel about all the potential plays on, on the uh, 49ers? You're going to love it, Ace. I had an Italian sports car in 94. They were delights. You had a Fiat, Trauma. Italian nonetheless. I had a Fiat growing up, too. I want to give a quick story. I had a shitty Fiat with no uh, seatbelts. My dad let me drive around in a stick shift. It was a convertible. It was a total piece of shit. God, I drove around that thing just like a total douchebag. My dad basically gave me... He, it wasn't my car, but he basically wanted me to die. I, I, I realized that a few years later. Go on, Snack Party. Oh, so finally Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald's probably... Fix it again, Tony. Tony! <laughs> Tony! Hey, Anthony! Fix it again! It's like us on the podcast. When me and, when me and Houdini get a little, uh, little Valverian up, we go, Hey, fix it again, Tony! Fix the show! Vance McDonald, decent play. <laughs> decent play. I'm not going to say too much about I need to see Vance McDonald do something in the regular season to have, you know, he's got to pass the eye test in the regular season and not just one play in the preseason. But I think, I'll tell you what, I think he has a much better chance of playing Gabbard under quarterback than he did with Colin Kaepernick. Maybe. I no, said he shut down week one. He's not an extending time of a playing type of guy. But you We're know what? Sh- Hold on. Before you, before yeah. you shut it down. What direction is that? That's east, you idiot. It's west, idiot. I mean, in New York, it's east. It's west, turtle. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a high five, Deanie. It's nice to be back in, in, in season. Yes, tag party. This stuff's sick. I'll give it one. Got- 
Oh, Jesus. Ears, <laughs> ears are popping. We're sorry. God bless. God bless fantasy football. God bless the 2016 season. We're fired up to get some shite going. Hopefully you guys uh, had a good time listening to this show and learned a bunch of stuff from it. We're going to be doing this each week, Tuesday night. We don't mess around. I'm not going to do any pyro promos. The stuff, pyro pro, our website, pyromaniac.com. Check out our social media. You listen to us, you love us. Yeah, just do it up. We've got special things happening this season. We love you. So let's do it. Let's all friggin' work together, band together, and win some fantasy football championships in every league, and we can do this together. We're here to give this information to you so that you can do it, and uh, you can ask us any question ever. Let's fire this shite up. And it was uh, Little Feet. Remember, Tom loves a hero. We're your heroes. We're going we're gonna to bring you championships. And at the end, whatever you need, we're willing. And here's willing by Little Feet. Good night. We love you guys. Let's do it. Here's the championships. Let's do this.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.